Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. Oh fuck, I didn't have my notes up, I forgot. Oh whatever, the forest of the dead, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome, oh let me stop that jingling bells. Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Still Got Legs, uh, the only Doctor Who podcast in the world. My name is Nathan Barrett. Before I introduce my companion, you might be wondering if that intro was pre-planned. No, that was just a genuine fuck up on the fly and I cannot be bothered to go back and change it. It's, uh, it's funny with the context that you spent five minutes writing an actual one. I know. And then, and then I didn't have my notes up on my screen and I couldn't get to it in time. And then the music was, oh, it was very stressful. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Day, Lawrence. It is Christmas Day. That's why we're more loosey-goosey. Well, I mean, maybe. I don't think many people are going to spend their actual Christmas Day listening to this. But, you know, someone might. We make a Doctor Who podcast. There's weirdos out there that will be listening to this. Maybe people are getting excited to watch the Christmas special later, get their Doctor Who fix in early. Yeah, potentially, yeah. potentially, yeah. But anyway, Merry Christmas, and what better way to spend Christmas than to listen to two fuckheads talking about a fucking 16-year-old episode of Doctor Who or whatever. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm excited, right? And I, I forgive me for jumping right in, right? Oh, okay. But does, I want to ask you, does recency bias apply when this episode came out about 20 years ago? Because I, I have a bold statement to make. Recency bias has nothing to do with when the media came out. It's okay. when you watched it. So you can watch a like a movie from like two thousand and three okay. for the first time and be like, Whoa, that was Jepic like as soon as you <laughs> as soon as you finish it. And that's how I say it as well. I go, Whoa, that was Jepic. Exactly, as as often as everyone does. However, Lawrence Mm. I believe recency bias can only really be applied uh, with the f- with a first watch of something. Okay. okay, all right. Now, as as this is a rewatch for you, 
I'm not necessarily sure it can be applied here. But hey, there's no laws, there's no rules about this sort of stuff, so who who gives a fuck, it's really? It's true. I mean, it's our podcast. We can make yeah. claims that we want to make. And I, I am going to make Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry. It's my podcast. <laughs> I'm just graciously <laughs> allowed to be here, right? You are allowed to be here. Okay. Okay, well, thank you. Um, I, I think... Well, hold on, Lawrence. What the fuck are we doing? It's Christmas Day. We've forgotten how everything works. It's true. This is Series 4, Episode 9 of Doctor Who. It's called The Forest of the Dead. It's actually just called Forest of the Dead. There's no there. It's written by Stephen Moffat and directed by Eurus Lynn. Anyway, continue. I think this could possibly be the best episode up until this point. What? Of Doctor that Who. Is a, that is a bold claim. I think it might be. We've had some bangers, like some bangers, bangers, and with a side of mash, they go down a tree, all right? Like, we've had some really good... We've had Blink, which I didn't love, but, you know, we've had Last of the Time Lords. Yeah. We've had these... <laughs> Another one that you famously regard yeah, as a banger, right? I didn't actually love. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of ones I did love now. Your point is becoming less valid by <laughs> the Do I even like this show? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, like two from Claw was a big one for me. I love yeah. that, but no, but these episodes were big for you though as well. Oh, but... they, they were, and like I say, I've mm. got like I, let me let me let me apply a caveat right because they're like this isn't one I'm gonna like watch again in a hurry. I just think it's like phenomenally right. like this phenomenally crafted episode of telly. In like we had love and monsters. <laughs> what as, as banger? <laughs> That's not fair. Look, I there are episodes of Doctor Who that I would enjoy more to like if i was just gonna throw one on it probably wouldn't be this one but like i got to the end of this and i don't know if it was just whether like i was in like a good headspace watching it but like this is incredible this is a really good 45 minutes of t of tv this is a good this is a good 45 minutes of tv Hmm. this is a a (laughs) this is a good episode of doctor who yeah okay i feel like my opinion of it has kind of wave it's difficult because it's and it's and it's difficult to to kind of articulate what i'm feeling without getting like really into the sort of the nitty-gritty of it um but because of what's come beyond this point in terms of doctor who yeah there's there's elements of this which which don't feel quite right and don't work for me necessarily um and i think because of that it's it's in like a weird spot where it's it's not quite as there's don't get me wrong some really great moments in this episode and i do love it and it is a good episode but there's some moments which also uh seem odd and, and don't necessarily hit quite as hard for me personally okay because um, it's been not not disregarded but stuff has been changed since that you go that lessens the impact of that moment not even that stuff has been changed mm. but just that like stuff certain choices and decisions seem odd with what we know down the line like, okay all right yeah and and i and like i said i'll go into that as we go along but <laughs> in two years i maybe okay. i'll maybe feel the same but we'll see <laughs> well yeah maybe um <laughs> all right let me let me do a, a a roundup of um of of where we're at just so that we've all got the context and we're all caught up um hey who turned out those lights well uh not me all right then was it you <laughs> No. Was it you listening at home? No, right. There's little vermin things in the shadows that eat your face uh, and then get in a little astronaut suit that you're in and, and puppet you around. 
Donna has been teleported out of the TARDIS quite painfully. There was a little shriek that she did, which was quite horrible last week. Um, there are um, the library is real. There's a little girl uh, who lives in a fantasy world, uh, and to top it all off, River Song is here, and she knows the Doctor very well, but the Doctor has not met her yet, um, so has pretty much no idea whether he can trust this person or not. And anyway, cliffhanger: they're being cornered. There's Hey Who Turned Out the Lights monsters very close to them and all hope seems lost nathan what happens um i actually don't know the squareness gun oh okay yeah (laughs) something that emits a blue light saves them nathan what a surprise (laughs) that is different hey you can't be having that (laughs) the device of the week saves them (laughs) no that's not fair This can, I'm, I'm counting for... this on my Sonic quote. No, no, you can't do that. That's not fair. It's <laughs> it's not a regular uh, weapon of choice for the Doctor. It's not a tool of choice for the Doctor. It's not something he ever uses. So, And it's not something he uses this week either. So. But, uh, I guess that's fair. Did they resolve uh, um, the, the Doctor dances? Did this open with this exact res- resolution? Well, Lawrence, you might be right, okay? <laughs> It's been a while. Uh, actually, no, it. no, it didn't. No, no, it didn't. Um, the the Doctor dances. Oh, sorry, the Doctor fucks to give it his proper title. Yes, was uh, the the whole the hospital people, all of them with gas masks and stuff, surrounding Rose, Jack, and the Doctor, being like, "Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy?" And then uh, the Doctor got stern with them and sent them to bed. Didn't he? Oh, that is right. Yeah, but he, yeah. Jack does shoot through a wall at some point, right? Yeah, the, later on in the episode, though. Uh, okay. So it gets them out of but a little so, pickle, but not. It doesn't count yeah. unless it's a cliffhanger pickle. Yeah, that's right. So, so it's it's not the same cliffhanger. All so, right, fine, go. fine. I will I will concede. I will I will <clears> lose <throat> that point. I'll take the L. Um, Nathan Donner is on the little girl's telly, but she's in some sort of ward, and she's been there for two years apparently. Uh, when we first touch in with her, and Doctor Moon has been treating her. Um, this is like just a, I don't. Know, it's just a delight of a like a drama like centric piece right like there's so much you could squeeze out of this like i don't know it's something about uh, that's always been interesting like the matrix is a good film but it's always like something about putting people in a dollhouse and they don't quite know what's real and what's not it's very it's a great little concept uh yes what do you mean about dollhouse like basically they're kind of at the whims of whoever put them there and this creator that can kind of like it, there's there's external forces that have them there control what they do and they're mm-hmm. kind of none the wiser to it yeah <laughs> fantastic <laughs> insight from you there i don't really know what you mean um it's the, it's the matrix you've seen the matrix we've done a whole thing yeah. on the matrix yeah, I've seen The Matrix. Yeah. yeah. It's The Matrix. It's that conundrum. Donna doesn't yeah, quite know what's real. Yeah. Things seem odd. It's, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of The Matrix. Um, it's, I don't know, it, it's really interesting the way it kind of like moves about like a TV show. And, mm. you know, it's edited and there's like jump cuts and all this sort of stuff. But then like Donna is like seemingly aware of that. And it's like... You know, like they're saying, oh, you know, let's go for a, a walk and feed the ducks or whatever. And then they're just suddenly there because editing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, what the fuck is going on? How do we get her? And then Dr. Moon's gaslighting her and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird, but it's really interesting. It's, it's almost like creepy. There's something about like, especially in like the first half of the episode about this like dream world sort of thing that has like a very creepy 
vibe to it. You know, Donna's just suddenly at a care home and then she's a mother with like two 10 year old children or something and she's married and it's like, where's her life gone? You know, where did all this kind of stuff come from? And, yeah. you know, all while, you know, the little girl is, um, it, <laughs> the little girl's watching Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> back in her home. She's like us for real. Yeah, she's just like us. Yeah, she's I think flicking it, back and forth between Doctor Who and whatever soap opera Donna has landed herself in. So yeah, it's so, yeah. I I think it's like it's a really impressive feat to be able to like show us what are the just the standard edits of a TV show. But yeah, for Donna to acknowledge it, it just it immediately unsettles you, and you're just like when, yeah. she, when she's like, "Hang on a minute, I just said that, and now we're here," and I'm like, "Hang on, you shouldn't know that." Yeah. And then when Doctor Wynn's like, we walked down the, the stairs. We said hello to your neighbour on the way. And then you remembered. And it's like, yeah. ah! <laughs> I yeah. don't know about this very much. But then it kind of drops it, though. Do you not think? It kind of I like, think it's fairly consistent. I don't, I don't know if it is. Because like, it, like she very quickly gets used to it. Because she's like, you know, oh, we're, we're down by the lakes. Oh, there's this guy. We, we can't talk. We'll go fishing or whatever. But then she's just like, so, fishing... And then they are fishing, but she's not like, you know, she's not confused at any point during those parts. It's like, and then she's like being carried. They got married, but like, you know, <laughs> but have never like they met each other five minutes yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't see that, and you know, Donna doesn't seem to even notice it by that point. So, well, there is there is that kind of element where Miss Evangelista says like, you're you're constantly being conditioned to not look. You will catch glimpses of it and moments. And she does. She does pick up on a fair amount of things um, that she goes, that didn't quite work. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right for me. But, yeah, mm. there, there are moments where it does just go unnoticed. And, like, I don't know, I guess that's just... She's got to be in some peril for us to give a shit, right? So I guess it's, like, to have her... Like, it, it'd be pretty boring if she landed in, in that world and she was like, this is wrong, where's the doctor? I know what's going on. <laughs> like, and mm. kind of had all the cards. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. But at one point, Doctor Moon becomes the Doctor, and she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, that, that." And then she gets. I, I'll admit that's the, that's the part of the episode I'm not a fan of. Like that, it because it, right. it, it, it just broke it a little bit too much. I liked the fact that Donna felt so out of the loop that it almost felt like this entirely separate story going on. Um, I don't know. I but just I don't, but it's not. No, I, I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a separate story. She she had enough of. Like she had enough of an inkling in her head that stuff was wrong. Yeah. So it felt it felt a little bit like to me that like the doctor appearing there in place of Doctor Moon felt a little bit like how do we let the children watching this know that she's cottoned on? Like to see David Tennant as the doctor and then go, That's the doctor. It's like the clearest indication possible of Donna's doubting this world. Oh, uh, yeah, I I guess you can see like that. I, I didn't really like yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't see it that way. To me, it wasn't a look, kids. This is the not. This is not the real world or whatever. Because like, I already know that. Like, yeah, I guess, yeah. But like, I, we're like, adults. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. To me, it just made sense within the story because like, hmm. the Doctor is Sonic in the Doctor Moon, and he's like just interfering with the signal at that point. So yeah, I guess later on it does become more cohesive when it's like. He's a computer, and the Doctor is yeah. trying to disable a firewall, essentially. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I guess I guess it works out. Um, I, I've got a note that just says, like, slow the fuck down, because this episode moves 
Like within five this, minutes. The, yeah. yeah, this episode does not stop. Really, mm. like, is is at a breakneck pace. It's just like once we get going, we're we're off. We're running through the whole library, mate. There's there's no time to think about anything. Hey, who turned out the lights? Doesn't matter. We don't have time to think about that. Let's go. <laughs> the age old question, Nathan. Who yeah. turned out the lights? I have no idea, Dave. Stop asking me. <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> always, Dave. Just harping on this fucking one thing. <laughs> Um, no, I, I've got no to speak to your like Doctor Moon essentially being a security protocol. Um, he he feels unnerving. There's this like there's this great little line where it like takes on a new life on a rewatch where it's like he's he's assessing Donna and he's like he's there to be her like he's treating her. He says that, um, and then like Donna is married and has children, um, and he says like oh it's so like when you first came to me like you, you were a bit you know unwell it's so nice to see you now completely integrated and like that's a very technical term for like finishing a program like you're you're now at one with this space yeah like just very those like um i I I think it's good writing on big moff's part of just like having him speak just that one degree of separation outside of like how humans actually talk to each other do you remember when we did the um I say remember like it was years ago. It was literally like two episodes ago. Mm. But the unicorn and the wasp. And we had my weirdo who was the, the most suspicious and shady fucking cunt ever, the butler. Yeah. Who who for no reason was like, here's your drink, doctor. <laughs> and he was so sinister and shady. Yeah. But there was no reason for him to be like that. There was absolutely no payoff or anything. There was no reason to explain why he was like that. Like this Moffat has like just done like basically that. But then done it how you're supposed to, and like give yeah. a reason, and like, and actually have a payoff for the character. Initially, you're watching this, you're like, "Oh, Doctor Moon is a little bit sinister, isn't he? I wonder what's going on there." Mm. But it's like, no, he's just a nice guy. He's just someone who is there to to help uh, with like people integrate into this fucking hard drive, basically, and to and to make it as easy and not as traumatic as possible for them. Like at first, you're like, "Oh, what what is going on?" But it's like. Oh no, he's actually nothing wrong. He recognizes that you're in a pants scenario, and it's just like I can. It's just the Doctor Moon doing exactly what it's programmed to do to help people, Mm. and yeah, it's quite nice. I did like that. Um, But anyway, moving uh, Mm. kind of back into the library because obviously these are we're constantly. um, Did I I say constantly? You did say constantly. (laughs) I thought it was weird. Yeah, we're constantly (laughs) kind of going back and forth between these two um, stories that are going on. Um, and there's a really tiny moment I've never noticed it before, where they they need to check like how much how what the Vashtanarada presence is in this room that they found this new safe haven. Um, and I, I it, they basically the river just goes, we need another chicken leg. And there's this moment where it just looks around and it's um, is it it's other Dave proper Dave's the dead one, right? Yeah, other other Dave just kind of has this look where he looks and he's just already holding this chicken. He's like. Ugh. And he just, like, hands over his chicken. It's like, oh. <laughs> like, knowing that that man dies in, like, ten minutes. Like, oh, just give him his chicken, man. <laughs> it feels so na- so nasty. He didn't want to give up his lunch. <laughs> I just I really enjoyed either. it. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. it's a silly little moment. But, yeah, <laughs> funny. Um, Anyway, the Doctor and River are having, like, a, a back and forth. The Doctor is kind of just getting increasingly more and more frustrated that he has no way. Like, oh. oh Everything else that's going on, like, he can't even know fully who this person who's helping him. Donna's gone, so he has to solely rely 
on River Song, and he has no idea who she is. She's kind of her being there is more questions than answers for him. Yeah, um, and I like that he gets more and more frustrated with that. And then there's just this like fantastic, and let's not say anything, but there's a fantastic. I think the show makes it fairly evident when the guy goes like, "Look at you two squabbling like an old married couple," and that look that they just give each other of like. What a look, man. It, I, this episode has so many like little moments punctuated like that that just feel great. Steven is definitely hinting at them being a married couple mm. throughout this episode. It definitely, with the end and everything like that, you know, the way things go. Like, with, with just this episode alone, I'm not talking about what comes later, but with just this, it kind of does, does give you the impression that... River is the wife of a doctor. Yeah, you know yeah. she she she's she knows his name. And then there's one point later in the episode where where David says like, "There's only one reason I would ever tell anyone my actual name." You mm. know, there's there's only one time I ever could. And 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 yeah, it's a great moment. I I I, I do enjoy that little like you know stop squabbling like a married couple and the little and the little almost scared look on the doctor's face. Yeah, and, like. <laughs> like, could, if that's who this person is, what what does that mean for his future and stuff? It's, it's I don't know, it's a scary thing to come to terms with, really, for it, him. It is completely, so. and it's like for for the first time in a long time, he has no idea what's next. Like he just mm. he like because his life has been so. Even though he doesn't know exactly where he's going and what he's going to do, his life yeah. for so many years up until this point has been get in the TARDIS, go somewhere, and like yeah. see what's up, um, and to have this kind of like. I mean, like, it, like marriage by definition is a commitment, right? So, like, it's fucking having that put in front of him and having him reconcile with the fact that he has to lend himself to a, an idea for for like a clearly a lengthy period of time. He would assume, like, mm. it's terrifying him. And yeah, yeah. Um, and I, think it also speaks to like, you know, we we talked before, like in the the Doctor's daughter episode. This is this is a Doctor who's scared of being mm. emotionally available, okay, because of the, the past traumas that, that he's had. You know, at one point, uh, the Doctor did have a family. You know, we, we, we talked about it. He had Susan, so he would have presumably had some form of family, uh, possibly a wife, kids, what, however that looked for, for him. Um, and and over the years, that's all been lost, and there's just more and more trauma that's been piled onto that. And the 10th doctor at this point in his life is very much at a period where he's like shutting that out as much as possible. Yeah. So to then be like, Oh, at some point in the future, I possibly have a wife and it's this woman in front of me who I don't even know. Like, yeah, fuck that's, that's weird. That's a big change from how things are now. And, and it's yeah. like, it's tangible. It's in front of him. It's inarguable yeah. that this is someone important to him. And he's terrified of that. Like he almost didn't get a warning. Like so, he's like, mm. "Hang on, hang on. This person's here, and suddenly she means a lot to me, and I kind of know that deep down in myself anyway. This yeah. this isn't fair. I love the um, it's kind of the first time where he. I mean, maybe this has happened in the past, but like it, it, it punctuates this episode quite nicely. Where it's the first time that she says, "I'm so sorry, I have to do this, but you need to trust me because we don't have the fucking time for this." Mm. Um, and she she reveals what we later find out is his name. And we see, obviously, that is such a moment of trust. And the Doctor understands that, at least in the future, he must, you know, trust this woman wholeheartedly with every fibre of himself. Um, but I get the sense that um, 
Stephen Moffat really likes the mystery of the Doctor's name. Yeah. Because it's something he plays with quite a bit. Like, it was brought up in the, um, the fucking, uh, the, um, Madame de Pompadour episode, in the, the Girl in the Fireplace. Um, oh, yes, it was actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because they do that, like, psychic connection thing, and she's able to, like, Doctor Who, it's more than just a secret, isn't it? And mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and you know, there's, there's a few episodes throughout Moffat's era, which, uh, 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 surrounded by you know the Doctor's name and what it means and and all that sort of stuff. It's to this day there's fewer funnier moments in Doctor Who than when people realised name of the Doctor was a double meaning <laughs> title yeah. of an episode and people were like what no <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought we were finally going to get I don't know what, what like you that's one of them names where you can't make it up you, no you can never ever actually reveal what the doctor's name is because what could it possibly be it it, it takes away so much of the intrigue and also like anything (laughs) that you do write will sound wrong like i remember there was plenty of people that and this is unrelated but like there's there's plenty of people that like reject uh, rejected the name grogu they were like no that's baby yoda (laughs) it's like (laughs) like it doesn't anything that anyone chooses at this point now because he's been the doctor for so long um, yeah. will sound wrong and some people won't accept it of course yeah and and uh, i think they'll be right because mm. I, the show's called doctor who it's, it's you know, the whole thing yeah like it, it, i don't think the show ever should reveal his name and because it's just it's not something we necessarily need it is infinitely more interesting not knowing that mystery yeah no i i, I completely agree mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, just to, to end that moment, I love that it's he obviously realizes who River is, or at least how important she is, and how much he's going to trust her. And it's the first time in a in a long time, I think, where the Doctor has to just take it on faith that his future self has made a good decision. Yeah, and go, I I know who I am now. And it's also, I guess, there's another level of it where like there's a part of him that's like, was this me, or was this like? Mm another me do i trust yeah. that version of myself <laughs> yeah i guess there's also i mean is is the scene where she tells him his name is that also the scene where she's like you know do- the doctor the man who can like turn an army around with a mention of his name and it's all like i think that might know, come with when she the... talks to anita later maybe yeah yeah that's true actually yeah you're right but but he he does he gets like these little snippets of like information as well where she's talking about like you know, he can open the TARDIS with a click of his fingers, mm. next stop anywhere, and all that sort of stuff. And, like... <laughs> you right? Yeah, someone dropped off my desk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, yeah, he's just getting those little nuggets, and he's like, no, you can't you can't open a TARDIS with a click of the fingers. That's not how it works. I push open the doors that say pull. This is long-established law. This is what happens every single time, yeah. okay? Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting. It it is. It absolutely is. I love the like <clears throat> this. And I, I I can't. I was reminded of a thing um, that you said a while back in the last of the Time Lords episode, where apparently a crit. And again, this is not an era I'm overly familiar with Moffat's run. Um, but like you said, that there's a consensus or a, a general kind of dislike for how the Doctor is often treated as like a god and a deity, and Moffat tends to write him in this infallible sort of way. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's and, that's not what I think. That's what people say, but yeah. Yeah, and I I think that there's like there's probably limitations, and mm. people probably do blow that up more so than it is. Mm. But like, this is cool. It's nice to see mm. the Doctor being treated as this otherworldly figure. Like the the whole like mm. he can 
it's cool when you tell me that one person can turn an army running. Like, yeah. that's just objectively cool. <laughs> so yeah. I don't mind it. And it, it also, I think something Stephen Moffat does really well is he he really builds on, like, the mythology of the Doctor mm. and, like, the Doctor's reputation throughout the universe. And, and something that's so interesting that he played with is, like, what is a hero for some is a villain and a monster for others yeah, as well. And, you know, there's, like... There's there's opposing sides, and you know there's one side that like oh the doctors come to save us is this godly otherworldly hero, but then there's you know there's innocent people on all sides, and what do they think of this mm. creature who can turn whole armies running? And he can open his magical box with a click of his fingers, and he does all this crazy and insane stuff, and it's 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 very interesting that stuff he plays. That's all obviously to come, but it's it's we 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 do start to get like little snippets of his here and there and i think this is later in the episode we are jumping ahead a little bit but i think we get a taste of it with the doctor being like we're in the biggest library in the universe i'm the doctor yeah look me up and then it's like oh there there is there is a reason that moment comes in this episode specifically and i love it yeah like it it, again this is what i'm saying i think this is this we already said because obviously by nature of it being written by stephen moffat and introducing a character that is so well known for the next showrunner's tenure like yeah this is this there's an element of it's like one of my favorite eras of the show and one of my favorite doctors but with like slightly better storytelling and more evolved mm. premises that i think are interesting to see um happen uh in in this in this episode but yeah i don't know i i, I quite like the um after after all of that he goes back to like the one thing that the 10th doctor knows how to do and it's just like all eyes are on him and it's a stressful and emotional moment for him and then he goes anyway i'll tell you the one thing about this here sonic and this blah 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 like and he just starts monologuing because he's like yeah. i have to look smart i have to regain control of this now um, yeah yeah and that, that's exactly. it's and you kind of even see rivers on looking at him being like <clears throat> yeah there he goes <laughs> we, we, we touched on a moment but great yeah um, and then we get some some like more little nuggets about this this new Sonic, and then it's like mm. it's got like, it's it's more advanced than his. Well, currently because it's got like red settings and dampers and all this sort of stuff. Which is... I love use the red setting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. think there's a red and blue pill quality to this Matrix heavy episode already? Do you think that's like a little no. reference? No, I don't think so. I, I've never seen it as that. No, no. I, I haven't either until today. I think you might be reading too much into that. I think I, I think I might be, but it's not. It's a fun for me. If it was intended, it's a fun little thing. Like it doesn't mean anything. But no, it, it doesn't. I I don't think it is anything like that. Also, what's also red setting? That's very vague, isn't it? Considering the Sonic has specific settings for unlocking barbed yeah. wire. Yeah, yeah, and also the um, the blue uh, is the is the red setting. Does that mean it emits a red light instead of a blue light? Because the blue light is kind of like exclusive to this screwdriver. But like past signing screwdrivers have not even had a light. So like, oh, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Wait, maybe if you go back all the way to William Hartnell's Sonic, and it's <laughs> it goes. He goes to use it, and then like, I don't know. Someone edits in a big red laser. That's the red saying. They just very seldom use it. I don't even know if William Hartnell had a Sonic. Oh yeah, it might have been introduced with Second Doctor, I think, right? I think it was introduced with Patrick Troughton. I might be wrong, but I, I think it was introduced with Patrick Troughton. And it's like this very small little thing. That's nuts. Um, that feels like a staple of the show. That's crazy. 
Yeah, I might have been retconned or something since, but yeah, I don't know. A thousand nerds cheer when when David Bradley just pulls out a Sonic of his pocket, and they're like, "He has one! He has one! He just never needed it." <laughs> well, the the psychic paper feels like big Doctor Who lore, but that was introduced with Russell. That was that's true. Doesn't it largely get forgotten as well? Like, doesn't the psychic paper kind of it, it becomes far less prevalent? I think, yeah, I think it's more prevalent during Russell's era, but it does pop up. Yeah. It does show up. I can't remember Capaldi using it that much, to be honest. But Capaldi it, it changed the game, doesn't that. he? Like, he uses, he's got, like, different Sonic devices. We'll talk about Capaldi's various Sonic devices, trust me. Okay. We'll get to there. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Um, everyone's <clears> kind <throat> of squabbling and having a big old discussion and debate, and the Doctor's <clears> having an existential crisis. Um, and there's just this really quiet moment where Anita... <clears throat> looks down and goes oh fuck oh yeah. oh fuck yeah. and it's do you know what great little mm. side character yeah she was really yeah yeah just really like like not not much to do and not hugely interesting but just i think she's she's played really earnestly by that performer whoever that is they did a they yeah. did a good job of just like using those lines and and i was a, with anita there was a really good moment like where i think it was river who was selling it's like you know, like once they found out she had the, the two shadows, she was like getting her helmet and stuff. And she was like, sorry, right, calm down. Don't panic. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm only dying. I'm not allowed to panic. You know, I think it's I think it's pretty reasonable if I am not entirely calm at the moment. And she's pretty measured as it is. Like She's very measured. <laughs> yeah, she's a very chilled out. Even if she's about to die, she's still handling it very well. Yeah. If you ask me. I, I she's She's got like a, a charm to her as well that she's written quite naturally like the doctor's like yeah is there anything i can get for you and she's like an old age would be good like yeah <laughs> like that just good little quips um that mm. uh, it, it become heartbreaking um yeah as it as it goes on anyway they they do a thing they do a little thing that we like when they say something to the effect of there are five people alive in this room so why is there six yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of becoming a bit of a staple for Moffat, isn't it? It this really sort of is. This little, this little something's going on, something sinister is in the room with us, but you don't know it, but now you do, you know? And it's not <laughs> it's, the only instance this episode as well. No, it's, but it's enjoyable though, isn't it? It like, is, yeah. I, I, there's something about it. It's, it seems like a very simple trick, but I love it every time. Mm. It's it's a really good trick. It, maybe There's magic in sure, it. It maybe, gets you every time. It does, it does. Maybe you can, like, say it's fucking jingling keys and I'm happily <laughs> eating it up or whatever, but I don't know, man, I like it. I, I think if it works and it's effective, then, like... Yeah. I mean, it got you. Like, it got me, it so, like, fuck, yeah. fuck us. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. matter what we think, it worked. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I Anyway, moving... We'll go... We'll come back to them in a bit. We're, we're jumping back to um, the Donnerverse. <laughs> What's going on over in Fate Into Donner the Donnerverse. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Donner Noble into the Donnerverse. Um, <laughs> so I just thought about that Rose Tyler meme with the kebab. When you throw your kebab away, it's like, but Donna's still in Lauren, there. Lauren, let's not spoil that. we got gold to come. That's okay. true, yeah. We can pretend we thought of it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so uh, Donna looks out the window and sees a cloaked figure passing by the house and then... Uh, she kind of has this this moment with Lee, uh, where she's just, just talking, saying, "I don't feel right. Things feel weird. I don't not necessarily mm. keen on this." Um, and then sh- there's a knock on the door. Lee goes to check it out, and the hooded figure has left a little note uh, in her in her a letterbox. They both seem entirely too calm <laughs> about the fact that uh, <laughs> someone in a like gothic 
veil, yeah. like 18th century gothic veil. The Grim has Reaper just put a left the letter. Yes. <laughs> The the image of death itself <laughs> has put a fucking note through the door saying the world is not real or whatever. Meet me tomorrow. Mm. And, like, they're both like, oh, that's a bit strange. <laughs> I, I would be freaking out. I'd be terrified. I'd be calling the police immediately. I I can forgive it more so on Donna's part because she's already started to unravel. She's already started to look mm. in the cracks a little bit. But Lee mm. is just like, this is where my two children sleep. My wife sleeps. Yeah. And he's just been like, oh, look, some freak has left you a note saying meet you at this specific place that they could only know if they'd already been observing you. And it's yeah. and it's like, he's just like, what a nutter. And then off to bed he goes, like, no, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be going to sleep that night. I wouldn't feel safe. <laughs> that, at that point as well, Miss Evangelista, like, Donna saw her out the window. <laughs> She's probably less than 100 meters away from the house. Like, exactly, and she's there just looking at them like, oh no. Also, just, absolutely not. Um, there's uh, the next scene is Donna does go to that little meetup spot, um, and this I can't I can't decide whether this caught me off for being amusing or terrifying, and I think it just made me feel Wait. uncomfortable, so I didn't know how to react. Which part, the face? No, not the face, more just this. I wrote it down as this horrifying black veiled face covered raggedy ripped cloaked figure yeah just observing a children's play park as there's just children happily playing and this figure is just like i'll be sat here you know what it it feels like you know (laughs) i can't describe i don't know the specific meme but like you know there's all those sometimes there's those memes where like there's just normal people and then there's a big goth and it (laughs) they seem wildly out of place i i think this might be a little controversial. I think these days mm. we are a lot more sensitive about anything to do with children. And if we see yeah. and if we see like an adult in anywhere near children, we have immediate red flags. And they're like <laughs> like an adult who is not that per- the child's parent or something like that, we're immediately mm. like on course because the world is a terrible place, and a lot of horrible stuff happened. Yeah. So I think we're we're like kind of conditioned now to be immediately suspicious and be like, "What are you doing here? Why are you staring at these children?" and that sort of stuff. I think in two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, or whatever, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Maybe I I agree, but I it's also just by nature of like, like look at her. She's in the Grim Reaper costume. I mean, yeah, she's she's sinister. She's in a gothic veil for fuck's sake. But I, <laughs> but I, I don't think there's anything like what you're suggesting. No, I guess, I guess not. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did, maybe this is also a reach. I, I quite liked that it was like uh, maybe again maybe this is a reach. But I think it's like a there's a metaphor in here about this like, uh, like a just a a figure looking over like children playing like it that dollhouse idea I was talking about where just this kind of present figure is watching over like these infants go about their day but to them it's just nothing it doesn't mean anything they're just playing on a slide and you know Donna's going Mm. to work and Lee's going fishing none of it matters none of it's real like do you see what I'm saying (laughs) you you don't agree it's fine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay yeah you can move okay. on <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh all right did you notice the like murray gold just dropping? Lawrence, what i did notice okay. is that we will be back in a moment after these wonderful and lovely ads okay fair enough 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And we're, Lawrence, we're back from those lovely and wonderful hours. Oh, wow, yeah. Feels like we've been gone for ages. We haven't. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you notice Murray Gold, like, slapping some sort of electro-needle-drop beat? Kind yes, of Yes, the guitar <laughs> bit. Yeah, right. yeah, I did notice that. There was one where, he, when he cut back to the library, there was this weird little electric guitar riff sort of thing which i immediately picked up i was like oh this is cool yeah. this is something a little bit different i'm liking this it's fucking good man it get like it got me fist pumping i was like fuck yeah let's yeah. go um yeah very good but anyway, we, we also skipped over the face miss evangelista's here she's got a fucked face yeah no she does so she she lifts the veil and then <laughs> I don't know. Is, is it supposed to be scary? Because it's not. It, it's not. No. And it and it wasn't for me when I was younger either. It's it's always been funny to me. It's just all. I don't know. There's just some. It's, it looks like a like a Snapchat filler or something. I, like, I think by today's standards, it looks funnier than it was. Like yeah, I was probably creeped out watching this, but I'm also like <laughs> this. This is going to sound like a dig, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I was also a bit younger. So I probably did mm. get a bit more spooks than you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact, Nathan. <laughs> oh, and thank you to everyone who sent me birthday messages. That was very sweet. Yeah, and thank you to the man who made that possible as well by sending that tweet. Um, no? Okay, no, fine. No, <laughs> no room for that, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's not, mm. like, I, I guess it is intended to be scary because Charlotte um, Cal screams and is like, ah, that's terrifying. Yes. But, yeah, I, I just saw it and I was like, <laughs> it's a bit silly, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe if we, like, Snapchat filters didn't exist, it might, there's, a, there's an alternate world out there where, like, it is a bit spookier. And it is, yeah. there is a part of it where it is a bit unnatural and twisted, but it's not, it's not scary imagery. They didn't, they didn't nail that look, I don't think. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, it, it's just always seemed weird to me. But that's the um, I, well, I think it's a little bit later, but it's kind of that's kind of the the scene where we get the second Moffat. You know, the, mm. there's there's more than one thing here, or whatever whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, what happens next? What goes on next? Let's have a look. Okay, you don't want to talk about that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you do, you don't want to talk about the children reveal at all? Okay. okay yeah. we can. What happens next? All right. All right yeah. No, well, I just, can, I just I thought guess. you said it. Like it, that's what it is, isn't no, it? I, well, I thought. How how did you feel about that reveal? But if you want to move on, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> no, we can, t- we can talk about. Oh, well, can we? Okay. 
I will, nice I will allow it, Nathan. <laughs> that's nice of you. How very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it is a bit spooky. Um, I, I also like that it, it, it does kind of set up this, like this daunting thing now, where once Donna's noticed it, it can't really be taken back. Like it's mm. she's seen it now, so forever to her, her children are like she obviously cares for them, and that's yeah. evident towards the later half of the episode as well. But like, there's a there's an element where she knows, like, and and now it's unavoidable. She lives with these two people. Every time she looks at them, she's gonna think something is wrong. I guess there's just like no kids allowed in the library. <laughs> really? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> like yeah, because there's clearly no kids there. Yeah. So like, so I guess there's some. And if there's four thousand twenty-two people, you'd think that at least one of them would be a kid, unless there's some kind of like. Maybe it's like a sexy 18 plus library. Who knows? Yeah. Like... <laughs> maybe, maybe it's all NSFW content, this library. Yeah. Did you notice the kids at all? Or was it one of those? Like, I, I don't know if they... Did they show it before the reveal? They... A little bit. It's like out of focus and like... Yeah. It's, it's more like little hints of it because you see like... It's just like the outfits, really, because you, you do see the other kids. You don't... I don't think you ever see like their faces, but you see like... You know, it's the same outfit, isn't it? That's because that's it was just, like, seven different actual kids with the same well, yeah, coat yeah, on, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, teased at, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't pick up on it. Um, okay. And it's also, it's, it's a fairly small moment anyway, so I, I didn't even remember it going into this. But right. it, it is a nice little thing that is just, there's this, it increases a spook factor to the, to the yeah. world that Don is in. Yeah. Um, anyway, back in the library... Um, the doctor does something that I think is a bit fucked up. <laughs> What's that? So he's there, um, and uh, proper Dave, uh, who hey, who turned out the lights, comes in. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and he's he's piping off on what he normally is. He's saying, "Hey, who turned out the lights?" Um, and the doctor's like, "Bloody hell, here we go." Um, and he he says, "Like those are the last thoughts of a man that you killed." And and the, it kind of stops the Vashnarada, and like the doctor's like. Like it's kind of this moment where it's like for shame you puppeteer this dead man for your own game for shame. Anyway, use that and talk to me. <laughs> he just like I don't. There's there's a part of it that's like he's like this is immoral and wrong and you shouldn't do this. But if you're gonna, then at least let's have a chat. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know he had not many options. Yeah, I mean he's got to figure stuff out. <laughs> I don't know. Just maybe I like that. I like to think of like proper Dave's consciousness somewhere still in there, being like, "Thank you. They're gonna let me go. This is torturous." And then the doctor's like, "So chat with me." And he's like, "Fuck, motherfucker. <laughs> this is gonna hurt a I lot more." I don't think they're gonna let him go. <laughs> I don't think at any point they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Fair one. It is a bit harsh, actually." No, but it's let's, nice to let's... hear someone fight your corner, isn't it? Like, <laughs> well, I I just think the doctor knows they're never gonna be like. <laughs> Yeah, we'll give him up. Actually, why not? Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying, and I do see that his <laughs> his hands were tied a little bit, but it just made it made me laugh. Um, right. Um, anyway, the uh, I this is something else. I I didn't forget. I knew it, and like when it when it was said out loud, I because uh, I haven't seen this episode in a while. I was like, oh, that it clicked, and I was like, that makes that's great. That's a good reveal, and that is the like the doctor's like you were hatched here this is where you live and then yeah it's it's a forest they're in a they're books. It's, yeah it's books paper trees forest 
Yeah, and we know how books work. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to assume, <laughs> so I had to, I had to lay okay. it down. Um, this is why they're not on an iPad, Lawrence. Ah, this is yes. why all the books aren't just digital files on an iPad, all right? It removes the, the block. Narada can't be in an iPad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, I guess it makes sense now. Um, <laughs> what? A, just people think of the craziest things, don't they? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? No, just like it, it, sometimes. Do you not? Do you not like watch things sometimes, and you go like. Someone conceptualized that idea in their head and put it to paper, and it works really well. And it's dumb, and it works. Like conceptualize the idea that books are paper. No, but like, what if a library? What if the library in the universe had like the trees that were cut down to the make bu- the, the trees? Yeah, the trees were infected. Yeah, and, like, and yeah, what a concept. Yeah, yeah, definitely quite interesting. I just think it's yeah, very very cool. Um, and then they hit you with. Uh, <laughs> I guess I guess at this point we could start coining the phrase a moffatism, couldn't we? Uh what's the phrase? Uh the so it would be in place of um you, you get hit with the we should go doctor. Ah, uh, yeah. A few things okay. in the background. And again, like I should be immune to it, but it got me again. <laughs> oh, so this is the second one you were talking about. Is there a third? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the kids. Oh my god! The <laughs> that's that was the second one I was talking about. That's why I brought it up earlier. Oh my god! Yeah, no. I and was... then you just didn't even mention it, and I was like, <laughs> that seemed weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant this one. This is the second one that I could remember. Like the the fake out of <clears throat> the background line repeated one too many times before I clocked. Well, there we it. go then. Yeah, three in one. Yeah. So are we coining that moffatism? Is that something we can? Yeah, say? yeah. I guess we. Yeah, I guess we can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Again, just. Nothing more to say on it other than it got me. And goddamn, how many more times will Moffat pull this trick on me? Probably quite a few. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, what, what happens next? The Oh, the, yeah, the Doctor gets out of a scenario in quite a silly way. <laughs> it is a bit silly. It's a bit of... It's just, I'll just go through this hole in the floor and then I'll... I'll do the monkey bars along the bottom of this bridge between skyscrapers or whatever's going on here. It's it's an insane place to have a trapdoor considering it leads to air. Yeah. And like, like I don't know, I guess a thousand feet drop. Yeah, I don't quite understand it. It's uh, it's placement myself, but mm. y- you know, Dossie got to get out of there. So. Also, is it wood? It's wooden floor, right? Check one. Um, <laughs> that's what we call a plot hole. Ladies, <laughs> yeah. That's not true. It's not a plot hole. It's just a silly error. Is it really. a goof? A goof. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Anyway. Continuity error. We're watching Moffat. Um, <laughs> and I've seen cinema since, so I know that now the entire episode yeah. is bad. Ding. <laughs> ding indeed. Oh, we haven't dusted the ding off in a while. <laughs> um, I should get a ding sound effect, shouldn't I? Oh, no, we shouldn't. We actually really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, miss, no, not Miss. Uh, this is this is the scene of um, we get a bit of sizzle from River Song. The um, she's uh, she's speaking to Anita, and we've we've already touched on it a little bit. But um, the Doctor can make armies turn and run away, mm-hmm. and that is just fucking cool. That's just. A cool thing to say, because up to this point, we've seen the Doctor do 
incredible things. Uh, um, speak, streaking, mm. uh, speaking strictly about the revival, uh, we've seen the Doctor do impressive things, but we haven't seen like a war on this, like on a on a scale of like there's an army facing down the Doctor. Yeah, um, and uh, like in the ones that we have, I guess like Doomsday would be mm. the exception, but like it's the Daleks and the Cybermen, and they have their own relationships with each other. Yeah, um, like the Daleks aren't they, they can be scared of the Doctor, but they're more willing to give it a go. Um, but this, I guess, I don't know, as, uh, this does get quite literally touched upon. It does, like, this exact thing gets paid off. (laughs) Yeah. We, we we see this exact moment, yeah, (laughs) in what is possibly one of the coolest moments in Doctor Who. It's, it's very good. It's a clip Um, I will never pass. If I see it in my YouTube recommended, I'm like... I got five minutes for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very good, but but yeah, there there is some stuff here that like you know that we get like little nuggets of from River and and yeah, it's it's definitely Stephen was was saving that gold for for a later day. I, really. And good on him, like yeah, <laughs> just genuinely fucking cool. Anyway, we'll get to that. But uh, what mm. I like about this is um, the Doctor then is we don't realize that he's back in this scene. This, luckily the scaffolding has led him back to this room. Um, yeah. Which is the same room. Is it this? Oh no, that was the one earlier. Wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They were like <laughs> the one earlier. was just the same room from before, but I think maybe the lighting was a little bit. Different <laughs> and maybe they were filming it from like the different side of it, <laughs> yeah. of that one circular room. Um, yeah. yeah, no, they, 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 uh, yeah, we, we <clears> get this kind of harsh cut to the 10th <clears> doctor who I'll be honest, right? He just looks cool. He's standing on a railing. He's a bit cheesed off because another person yeah. has died. Do you know why he looks cool? Why? You know. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Maybe yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing that beautiful blue suit, Lawrence. That's why he looks cool. All right. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. It just, the way he's standing there and like he's gripping the railing and it just hard cuts to him. There's, I'm pretty sure there's a little bass sound effect to emphasize it and he just goes spoilers spoilers and it's like yeah. oh <laughs> he's i don't know i i looking back on it like i i didn't realize that like his the ego was so prevalent in this storyline i didn't realize that this actually set off the events of quite a lot of time lord victoria stuff like i think there's elements of this where basically people people blow accidentally anyway blow a bit of smoke up the doctor's ass in this episode and he his ego really comes into check here mm. um just that yeah part of the episode i hadn't really considered up until this point um but anyway it cuts back to <laughs> this is a fun little point i like it cuts back to uh donna and miss evangelista um but so that we left them they were on the bench and she was like my face yeah. is fucked and then yeah <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then when it cuts back, Donna is at, sat on the bench, but Miss Evangelista is just walking back to the bench. Like, she's she's, oh, she's got off the oh. bench, gone somewhere else, and she's yeah. walking back, and she sits down in the scene. So I'm like, oh. it, I don't know, it just... <laughs> where'd she go? <laughs> I don't know. I've never noticed that, to be fair. Yeah. I've never noticed that. It's super strange. Like, I just... <laughs> I don't know if it was maybe... Um, maybe they didn't have like coverage or good footage of her saying the line so they were like we have this wide i guess we can just use that to establish it maybe yeah um but yeah it just it just made me laugh because it's kind of like i, I get you know <laughs> I, I don't know why you kind of your mind fills in the gaps and she's like 
oh, what's that over there? And then she comes back and Donna's like, anything of it? And she's like, nah, she's, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, your kids are not real. Like, yeah, <laughs> little funny, funny little bit that I just, I've never noticed before. The Doctor has the realisation, um, He, I think um, the, the nerd, the, the, the one that loves lawyers, the nerd, um, he maybe says something like, oh, we... I, what, what does he say? He says saved or safe, but he like, it's an important distinction, but I can't remember what one he actually said. I can't remember what he says, but yeah, he he basically says something like that. And then that, that clicks off in the dog. So they're like, he, he's missed something in the, the 4,022 saved no survivors. And he's like, people don't say that. I'm like, I think they do. Yeah. I think it, uh, <laughs> I like what it's going for, but like, yeah, people do say that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like local, local heroes saved the day. It's yeah, just, like people like, say it. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred lives saved in tragic, like, whatever you know. Like uh, that yeah. could be a news headline. Like, <laughs> Listen 4, to 000... us naturally. Be like, people say this all the time, and then we just say two of the most unnatural sounding sentences anyone's ever heard. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's kind of right because like they they don't question it until like a little bit later because I I would never question it if I saw like mm. four thousand twenty two saved. I'd be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Four thousand twenty two safe doesn't make sense to me necessarily less sense. yeah yeah less sense if anything i think it's the <laughs> other way around yeah <laughs> massive l for steve <laughs> oh no actually now that i think about it yeah because if it is like if there was like a tragic on the news and it's like um like fucking 22 people safe fucking mm. in like car accident or whatever i don't know why i keep going back to car accident <laughs> but like <laughs> hey Stephen moffat yeah acclaimed writer <laughs> We know it better. <laughs> no, no. I, what I'm saying is, I think it, it might be right, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, because, like, because, like, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Bus crashes into a building. Sixteen safe. Still, still an automobile accident, Nathan. All right. Well, you fucking come up with one then. I agreed with you. I'm, I'm on board. Well, you're, you, you're, you're not agreeing with me. You're making fun of me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. I guess it like. It does work, but like more to the point of it, I think it's just it's a cool little swap. It's it's cool that we actually got the solution last episode, um, yeah, and it and it largely went unnoticed. Um, yeah, but, but basically, he, he works it out that they're saved as in saved to the hard drive mm, of the library. Clever, very clever. Yeah, um, and then um, Cal is a little girl or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've just. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but hang on. Before we get to Cal being a little girl, um, mm-hmm. Donna is annoyed about the Matrix <clears throat> because she's been dieting and none of that matters anymore. Um, yeah, don't like that. Seems weird. You don't? <laughs> no, seems weird. I thought that was a bit. Seems of fun. like one of those. No, it seems like one of those naughties. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I don't think there's anything intrinsically weird about it. I think it's just like, I don't know. Like losing weight is hard, and if you like, if it's all just empty effort. Yeah, I don't know. Just seems like a little joke. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. I think there are some jokes mm-hmm. in this that we'll get to in maybe a later segment that are a bit like, oh, okay, <laughs> that seems nasty <laughs> and, uh, and we'll pointed. <laughs> oh, I, I think I might know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, anyway, uh, Charlotte <laughs> deletes. Mm. I, I, I really like this. All right, I like that. Um, Charlotte deletes her dad, and then like. She uses a TV remote, which is like, I guess, like her, the the show's clever way of being like, it's the library stuff. It's how she interacts with it. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it shows that through the TV and everything else. But I like, I, I just like the fact that this, this is like it, it, this kind of central hub, this main hard drive. It still has the characteristics of a child, and it will just like things become too much for the child, so it mm-hmm. self destruct. It has a tantrum and self destructs. Like, yeah. and it just like I don't know. There's something about it where like. She, she like Charlotte goes on the war path. She's like her dad comes in. She's like shut up, dad. Deletes him. Doctor Moon's only like shut up, Doctor Moon. Deletes him as well. <laughs> like it, it, it feels like a kind of a like petulant little child just throwing toys out the pram, and that's exactly what it is. Maybe it's not a good idea to put the consciousness of a child in a planet size hard drive, and then be like, come is... and look, one and all, to this universe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe that's not that good, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it seems like a a large oversight. Um, yeah, I, and I'd argue that like we get like this is a family little secret mm-hmm. that should be public knowledge. <laughs> People should have the right to choose whether to go there or not. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess it's never like been a ri- like if they're doing a risk assessment or whatever. They're never like, but what if she blows up or whatever? You know? I, yeah, but you have to consider it because as this episode would proves, you consider she it? can blow up. Well, but they don't know that necessarily. <laughs> Maybe like is is this is the first time it's ever happened. I guess, yeah. Um all right, there's there's a there's a gravity platform. Are you happy that there is for once in the show a lift that isn't using the season two stock footage of the lift? Uh, it was using season one for it was in the first episode, it was in Rose. Oh god it was, um, yeah. Yeah. Um no, I love Lift MP four. Bring it back. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you're like, this is a cop out. <laughs> Yeah, I want. I want it brought back. I wanted an old timey lift. They, yeah. Everything else was fine. The blue light was fine. But the second we see them traveling somewhere, it should have been that lift shot. Blue light was fine. The dodgy kind of CGI look as David Tennant jumps down it later is fine. Yeah. It's all great. But I'd rather have lift on before. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, That's a joke. It, it's fine. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, no. You've said it now. I think you you're you're committed to it. Um. What got me uh, was the I, I said it earlier with like the 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 kid copy stuff. It does kind of leave this impression on Donna that now like she can't ever unsee that. Um, mm. Now that that's kind of been broken in her head, and we get that um, the scene where basically the kids disappear in front of her. She's tucking them into bed. Yeah, um, and they just it, it, I don't know what it is about children saying creepy lines like and Stephen Moffat clearly has a thing about it as well with the like are you my mummy situation um, yeah. but like when the kids go like sometimes it feels like when you're not here we're not here even when you close your eyes we stop that, yeah that that is a creepy line oh, yeah. <laughs> like, right yeah that that's one of those just like really good definitely there's something about like children delivering lines which is inherently creepy mm. i don't know what it is but there's something sinister about the innocence of children like but then also the creepy nature of it it's like it's it's a big juxtaposition really which mm. is probably why it's quite creepy um but yeah that like we don't exist again feeding into this like tv editing life she has again which is haunting yeah maybe a little um Little, little, our first taste of the universe being contingent on Donna, which is interesting as well. I thought, like, I know it's not the same thing that kind of goes about with the Doctor Donna stuff, but mm. just I don't know. I think it introduces the theme of Donna being important and sometimes the most important person. Um, 
I I see what you're saying. I think it's more just because they're assets in a hard drive and they're not being used when Don is not around. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You don't agree. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I do see your point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah there, there's obviously an in-episode reason for it. Um, it'd be very weird if there wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. like before we move on from that scene as well, fucking Catherine Tate just again once, like she just reminds us again how fucking yeah. special she is. Like Powerhouse. She, she, Donna and Catherine Tate, she's done such an amazing job of going from, especially in this era as well, when it was prime... Catherine Tate show, mm. Alan Bofford, all that sort of stuff. She's done such a good job of like kind of breaking out of that bubble yeah. and being like, I'm not just a comedy girl. I can actually do quite a lot more. And fuck, she can. She's so good. She, she really can. And like, it's it's quite crazy. Like, hmm. maybe if you're not in the UK, you won't relate to this as much. But like, she was a face of the era. She like defined a, a mm. kind of a, almost a decade of TV. Um, really, did. it was like. Her and and Little Britain were like yeah. the the biggest things in like comedy for for that era, really. Exactly, and I think that it's like there is an achievement to it that. And Little Britain is a horribly racist. <laughs> it's show. so bad. It's so racist. I also like, and this is not me being like, well, I'm on, I've always been on the right side of it. Like, I never found it that funny. I don't find David Williams funny. I don't find David Williams funny. I think Matt Lucas can be funny. Yeah. Um. And and we'll talk about Matt Lucas eventually. Um, oh my god, but, we will. Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, but um, yeah, Little Britain is odd. It's odd. I'm not going to sit here and be like I've never liked it because I did. I liked it when I was younger, and I didn't like. Mm. You know, I I wasn't as woke as I am today. No, yeah. but now you're an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it was. I, it's honestly not even something I thought about for probably like fucking fifteen, sixteen years. But then I. I think it was last year. I I just randomly watched an episode of it on Netflix, and I was like, "This is fucking weird, yeah, man. This, this is, is it's, it's a real like staple of the era. A real I don't, there was there was some stuff which was funny, and I was laughing. I did like the uh, the the Matt Lucas the um, the only gay in the village sort of stuff. I thought that was oh very yeah, funny. yeah, I remember that joke. Yeah, um, but then there was some other stuff which was just. <laughs> Uh, so you're just a woman who vomits whenever black people are around? This is... <laughs> okay. I, this I feel like weird. it's a very unsafe show to watch as well, because like, you could be... Like, like you say, there are moments of it which is like it's like sketch comedy mm-hmm. that genuinely can be quite amusing. Um, yeah. Especially like delivered by comedians that like are funny. And um, uh, yeah, then all of a sudden you could be like, you could be laughing along, mm. and then David Williams in full blackface will just walk on the screen, yeah. and you'll go, "Hang on, <laughs> jump scare." Yeah, 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 not not good. Oh, we'll also see David. We'll also discuss David Williams at some point as well. Oh, is it? But, does he show his face? Yeah, he does. Um, so yeah, mm. there we go. Nah, don't like <laughs> David Williams. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, just <clears throat> uh, like I was saying, she she defined like almost a decade of TV. So it, I think it's like such <clears throat> a fucking achievement that. When I watch Doctor Who, I can look at her and see her purely as Donna Noble in these episodes. Yeah, um, definitely. And she not, does an amazing job. Yeah, and not not Catherine Tate, one of the most famous figures of TV of the of the day. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk about the um, Cal. The Cal is a child node. Charlotte Abigail Lux was her name. She was this guy who loves lawyers. The the nerd astronaut. She was. What's this? Loves lawyers thing. He lo- he's, he's like, I'm protecting a patent. I'm protecting. I'm get you to sign this document. He loves lawyers. That's his whole. That okay. was his whole thing last week. He pretty much didn't do anything yeah. other than be like, here's some papers. 
Yeah, but then in this episode we find out that's not actually the case. He's protecting the family. <laughs> yeah, but, but... right. <laughs> All right, then what's his name? Um, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. So, something Lux. Yeah, <laughs> you skate Mr. by on a technicality there. <laughs> Mr. Lux. Uh, I think he actually is referred to as Mr. Lux and that. I think he yeah. is. <laughs> All right, fine, you get it. But just know that I'm also right. Um, <laughs> she was... Anyway, this girl was dying. This This guy's grandfather's daughter so his mum or his aunt yeah so I feel like there's a there's an easier way you could have said that <laughs> I think so too. I thought that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> my grandfather's daughter yeah. hmm <laughs> yeah. so prob- probably his aunt because I feel like otherwise he would have said his mum and <laughs> this person probably didn't have children so yeah 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 true <laughs> um yeah so she was she was dying so they put her mind in a computer so that she could live free whilst dead I think this is like a very I mean, this is at the heart of a lot of dystopian stuff. This idea of like putting yes a consciousness or um, putting a mind in something. Like it's not framed as that in any way, though. No, no, it's not. Yeah, it's if anything, it's the opposite. It's like, isn't this nice? Yeah, I, and I, I, I quite appreciate <laughs> that, like that different approach to it and the, the levity that comes with it. Um, and again, it's this is why I think Stephen Moffat can be like children he uses children to great effect whether that's to put them up as a paragon of innocence or to deliver the most chilling lines of the episode like yeah he, he just knows what he's doing um and doesn't just include kids to be like super spooky <laughs> that's yeah. it yeah um but yeah I, I i quite like this reveal and i i also quite like retroactively it does make um astronaut lawyer nerd um Mr. Lux, I'm not doing it. Um, it it makes it makes him like uh, you. You have to kind of revise your mindset on him, um, and see that like whilst I think this is wildly irresponsible, (laughs) like it's it's from it's born from the right reasons. Well, this is where the doctor figures out that like he the the hard drive itself basically needs more memory say memory space so it so he can reverse the process of the the um the saving and get everyone out of there and save the day basically mm. but to do that he's got to burn himself up and he's like yeah sure why not that's just the tuesday for me yeah. like I'll, I'll, i do i'll happily I, just burn myself up i do think he was quite like cavalier about <clears throat> it i feel like they skipped over that like he is though isn't he that's i think that's the thing about the doctor he often will like run into it and then kind of deal with the consequences later. Like yeah, he, true. there's there's multiple occasions where like the idea of just giving his life for something it's, just, it's not even a thought to him. He's like, mm. yeah, like Did- well, of course. Like there's no other solution here, so this is what I'll do. But then there's other times where it's like the most harrowing thing in the world, and he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, like so. it is funny that like he's like basically <laughs> throwing himself for the electric chair quite mm. literally in this episode yeah. and then like i won't give away specifics but <laughs> there's another moment where he largely puts the guilt on an old man <laughs> I, I think i i think it's it's not a, a one-to-one comparison though yeah it's it's um i don't know i think there's something about the doctor where they always should be kind of like because because that is the magic of the doctor the doctor is ready to to you know to to do that at any moment i think the difference we're talking about with the end of time is is more the regeneration process than actual death i think if it came down to actual death then it would be a different story Mm. but it's the fact that it's 
life after death to put it poorly life after regeneration that's the hardest and, thing for ten to grapple with is being yeah, him but not if, him exactly if it could just end and that's it great but the fact that it ends and then he has to be someone else and the tenth doctor is gone then that's where he he has the difficulties i think i think go. he's so scared of like i mean i guess like it comes <laughs> down to like a, a fear of, of of death um mm. in in general but like there's always that thought in the back and this this like genuinely has kept me up at night before like this fear of like what if once i go there's a part of me that knows i've gone and like there's there's a part of my mind that experiences a new level of consciousness but whilst dead like and i think that's that's literally a doctor who episode is it does that happen yeah that's literally a dog that's literally an episode to come Ish. Yeah. oh man i'm not excited for that one that i don't like that concept it scares the fuck out of me um but like i think there's a where regeneration comes into it as i feel like there's a part of like like the sunken place factor of it like there's a doctor inside of the doctor that is not at the wheel and it's kind of like not scared of death but scared of dying yeah like the the actual process of dying because like with death you kind of don't have to worry about that mm, because like exactly you don't have to you can throw yourself off a building mm. you're not going to be around to deal with the consequences okay yeah. but like with the doctor that's kind of a different story so yeah I don't look a lot to chew on yeah. in, in coming episodes for sure. but like <laughs> yeah 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 I, definitely i do like there there should always be a quality of the doctor that is willing to just be like if someone's dying it's me like i'm first <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i i do it is definitely part of like the the bravery of the doctor and the fact that like the doctor who is and this is something which kind of plays into like matt smith's run and one of the reasons why i really love his doctor but like the idea that like you know the doctor has had all these amazing adventures and has fought so many big battles and has done all this kind of stuff and they've and they're you know literally woven throughout legend and myths and all this kind of stuff but then of course of course they'll sacrifice themselves for what to most people would seem like a very insignificant thing in the grand scheme of things yeah. like to help a very small amount of number of people and to do this thing the doctor won't even give it a second thought he'll just be like yeah this is what i'll do yeah, yeah. it always comes down to no matter how small any life is above his like absolutely which i really yeah. really like and like i mean mm. no end of end of tens run we'll talk about that maybe a bit more um, okay, because there's very specifics in that. Um, mm. I really liked Anita, cold, mm. coldest yeah. line I think. Uh, Which one? The, the, the... where he's talking and he go, and he just turns and it's that reveal of Anita's been dead a while. Yeah. Um, did you pick up on it? No, not at all. They got me again. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I can. Oh, did they do a fourth one? Oh my god! I think they must have done. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Stevenism or the Moffism. <laughs> Hang on, we need to lock this down. What is it? Moffatisms, Moffisms. Uh, uh, oh, I like Moffisms. It's easier to say. Let's go. Yeah, let's go with Moffisms. All right, Moffisms. Yeah. yeah, lock it in, everyone. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. No, I, I kind of did notice it. I I kind of picked up on the the. I, I've already seen it, but like I, I picked <laughs> up on like the cold the coldness of like her voice, like a few lines beforehand. It was. It was a little bit telegraphed to me, but that's okay. Yeah, fair. I just, um, I'm, I'm just more observant than you. I, no, I've also seen it and I completely <laughs> forgot. <laughs> um, yeah, and th right, this is where we get the. You mentioned it earlier. The 
we're in the biggest library in the universe look me up yeah kind of i don't think you get this moment without the doctor overhearing he has the power to turn armies at the mention of his name like oh maybe yeah yeah i think yeah. i think he's very much i think 10 mm. 10 is known for pushing the limit and mm. and always taking things up until the very second that he can't push them any further and i think there's a part of him that is so angry about the toll the the death toll in this episode and the amount of people he met shook hands with that are now dead yeah i think there's a part of him that's like i think he tries his luck i genuinely think it's a gambit the 10th doctor definitely has an ego like that's just fact yeah that is just pure hard fact but i don't think we've ever really seen uh, that ego like uh shown this way so far never been this directly threatening i don't think yeah exactly it's never been shown as as a, as a way to like scare the enemy kind of thing it's never been portrayed like this um i like it though Clo- closest i can think of it is like i'm the doctor i'm a time lord i'm from the planet gallifrey and the constellation of blah 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 like but, but that's that's not like that's that's i'm inspiring you that's look up to me yeah that's not that's i'm gonna help you sort of thing yeah yeah this one is I'm very much fuck with me find out son <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i will kill you little flies um yeah and i I tell you what it's it's one of them we get this there's a i think probably the most famous instance of this happens in season five um Mm. but you i like those moments where they go oh hang on this is this is this is different we better step back from this one quite literally they recoil back into anita's body um i I think it's it's definitely something that moffat does quite a bit mm. the whole i'm the doctor run and hide your coward or whatever yeah sort of thing um another moffism would you say it's definitely a moffism it definitely is yeah but it's a good one i like this this opens up expanded lore for the still got legs (laughs) podcast (laughs) we're getting into new lore in this episode (laughs) um but but no it is definitely a moffism and it is one that that i enjoy yeah i i I can see why some people don't enjoy it but but we do and this is our podcast Yeah, so go away. Yeah, yeah so go away. Um, <laughs> River, left, right, good night mm. the doctor. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, love, I love that, like, the doctor's just been like, yeah, don't worry, I'll die, whatever. It, it is what it is. And she's like, no, you dickhead. Like, we'll think of another way. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, we don't have time to do that. I'll just, I'll just kill myself. It's fine. Yeah. And then she's like, I, just no, get, yeah, I, did, did I love that. <laughs> I don't worry about it. It's fine. I, I died loads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just kill myself. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then she just clocks it. Just... <laughs> straight knocks him out i love that and probably not the first time river has knocked the doctor out as well yeah probably Probably. not yeah yeah she's probably done it quite a few times so i yeah i I like this again this is we spoke about this last week but it's just like when river's in the room the doctor isn't in charge of the room and and it's and like you get that when he's yeah he he does the high and mighty thing i'll die it's fine don't worry about me i'm gonna die (laughs) and she's just like sharp just knocks him out yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, this is the best scene in the episode for me. The yeah. the scene where Rivers then, you know, the, the Doctor comes around and and she's got him handcuffed, Kinky, um, and then they have like the the, the brief conversation mm. and like the the moment where like Rivers like, you know, the Doctor's like, you know, we we can get out of this. Time can be rewritten, and she's like, fuck no, it can't. Yeah, not not, not that time. Like, don't you dare take that time away from me. I just. It's really good. It's really powerful stuff, and and Alex Kingston does a really good performance in this scene. I, I think it, 
I love this mm. scene. You're right. I, I do think it is the best one in the episode, like you say. I think it's it. I what, do you know what the thing I love about this the most? And it's maybe not even it's not even like a line. It's just a factor that's in the scene. Is that this relationship? Mm. And as we find out, and it, it's so much better once you've seen how it expands as well. Um, yeah. But like when it all boils down to it, this this story. It's hard to dance around this without giving too much away. But this story. It's been, it's always been measured in the direction that they're heading, mm. and it's not the same direction. And it's, and what I specifically love about this is that it comes down to a literal countdown. There is something measuring how much leeway they have left in this. Yeah, and it's just like, God, that's clever. Like, it, it, it's, it's so well done. And the, <laughs> my line exactly reads. And there's a few instances that it, I've done this. Um, he begs that time can be rewritten, but she'd rather die than risk anything change between them. And why am I crying? Like, it, it, <laughs> it, like I didn't realize that like this, I loved again, Moffat's era towards the later stages of it is where I kind of like not fell out of love with Doctor Who, but just it, I kind of veered off. It was the wrong point of I wasn't as interested in it and I was getting older. So mm. like it, it was kind of a, a, a clash for me. Um, but I didn't realize I was as connected to like the journey of River Song until I rewatched this today, and I just went, "Oh my god, this is this is heartbreaking stuff." Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. Um, there's um, what was I going to say? Um, I, I I think we can say what she is to him. I think this episode gives it away, but I don't want to get much further it's, than that. Yeah, not not the no 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 not that. Not that, but to him specifically. Yeah, it's his wife. Yeah, yeah, they're married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're married. And, and, like, and also this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the episode like kind of like confirms that in a way, but I love the way it, it, it like plays around with it. And I think it's a really great performance from David as well mm. when he when he like tells her, like, you know, he told her his name. There's only, no, she told him his name. There's only one reason he would ever reveal that to anyone there's only one reason she ever could she's like shut up spoilers not like that obviously it's more, more no, she goes jazz hands spoilers <laughs> spoilers and then dies <laughs> no refuses uh, to elaborate dies <laughs> refuses to elaborate <laughs> no it's more like it's more appropriate than that for lack of a better word yeah. um but then there's like just the the way he's just like like taken in the sight of her body after that just like still <sighs> handcuffed up and just like staring at her and it's like and he and you gotta be imagining that he's just thinking like this is someone who is clearly so important to him someone who is a huge part of his life someone he married and he's just seen her die but he still has all that to come he still has to meet her he still has to fall in love with her he still has to have all of these adventures and in the back of his mind the whole time there's going to be the fact that he has seen her die and how do you even begin to deal with that uh he needs to call martha who knows exactly (laughs) how this feels with tom milligan um well no no, i think that's a little different (laughs) i know i what what like because that shot has always stuck out to me that that one shot and again it's just Tennant's performance like the sadness in it what he can convey with his eyes alone is unmatched 
Um, yeah. And like that, whereas his hand is kind of like half cocked and it's like stuck on a railing and he's mm. just, there's nothing. He's, you know, he's, he's literally saved the day, but there's nothing in him. He's, he's gone at yeah. that moment. And I just, the thing that eviscerated me when I thought about it um, today was that, um, and I, I, may, I don't know if this is necessarily how he, it's a bit of a negative read on it, but how 10 would perceive it is that, <clears throat> yes, he, and we will know, we know it's a fact and he knows it from, you know, context of the episode that he will see River again. He will <clears throat> see River Song again. Yeah. And 10 is the one that watches her die. And that's all 10 gets. 10 doesn't see her again. Well, maybe. We don't know that. Well, no, not necessarily. But like what we've seen in the show, I think there's something mm. to be said about how like, I don't know, it feels to me like, like he, it, whenever there's, whenever there's, there's trauma to go around, he gets the mm. biggest piece. And, and then like yeah. Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi necessarily get to have, there's always the back of the mind thing, like you say, but they get to have the happier moments. Mm. But this is what he gets. And it's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> little that's sweet. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think I think there might be some. I think ten. I, I personally, in my head, can intend to see her again. Okay, I yeah, in my, in my head, can. There's nothing in, you know, when when we see her again with Matt Smith. There's nothing that suggests the only time he's ever seen her is the the library. Okay, it's... Uh, does she not say? Is there not stuff in it where she's like, um, uh? Like she looks in his face and she's like, "This is the youngest I've ever seen you." Like, does that? Well, this is what we spoke about last week. She she looks at his face and 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 she does say that. But to me, that that implies exactly what I'm saying. She she recognizes this face. She knows this face. I see, maybe yeah. maybe there's some stuff. Do you reckon? There's not. We've seen we've seen all of fourteen's life. It's like ten hours long. Oh, okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> confirmed choice doctor well, well actually well, you, 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 actually no I've, actually yeah fair enough because of how the you know, but yeah we, we can't we've yeah. made a rule we can't break yeah. the rule <laughs> we can't we'll, we'll get there um, and, and it largely won't be this conversation that we have when we get there um, I was talking strictly up to the point of regeneration but then I remembered what happened <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Nathan shush we've got a rule yeah it's, it's true <laughs> um, Donna being pulled away from Lee in in the fake world as it's crumbling around them. Yeah. My goodness. There's something that stuck out uh, st- stood out to me in this. And it's like, I don't know, Matt, Lee seems like a, just a genuine guy. Like, it, it's... He's... Donna is always... Donna is kind of confronted with the idea. Like, she's watched the kids go. She understands this is a world that is not long for it. Right? Mm. But li- there's just this moment where she says, like nothing's real to Lee and he has no response other than am I real and it's just like like oh I mean like we find out he is but not this kind of iteration I suppose like it I don't know do you do you see what I mean no I think it is I think it is real oh, but I, yeah I don't know it, it, it because and I think because he remembers her I get yeah I guess because he, he shouts for Donna doesn't he yeah yeah, yeah. and and to me, that's the most heartbreaking part of it. Mm. When when he sees her, when he's back in the library, but and he calls for her, but he, his stammer because of his stammer, he can't he can't actually do it. He can't physically do it. He's hampered yeah. by that. Um, you ever you ever have a dream where you like and before you were married and with your partner, obviously, where you like have 
the most perfect partner ever and you're like in a relationship and you're <laughs> have and you have the most perfect amazing life and you're you're deeply in love and everything seems to go going perfect and then you wake up and then you're like fuck <laughs> are we getting nathan law is this nathan <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't know um, but you never had a dream like that i i not i don't think down to like a specific like person but i think i've like had a dream where everything's going good like i can't remember like oh, my oh, okay. my sexy dream wife <laughs> but, like, but i get i get what you're saying and like yeah yeah it's, it's, it's kind of like that just waking up from like having that life in the dream and then just being like fuck now what but then but waking up from that life and then seeing the person in the dream and being unable to do anything about it oh, yeah. being hampered by your own disability and not able to properly communicate and, and get their attention this, this might affect my weirdo um because there is a point and it plays yeah. a role <laughs> We'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> I mean, I've just proved I've de- I've debunked your weirdo many times. On, it's true. Yeah, I'm not on, thinking of on another one. Right. We've had a bit. We've had a busy couple of days. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's, I don't know. Yeah, just the fact that he he watches her go, and I guess like mm. that's it for him. We mm. we as far as we know, we never we've never seen him. I mean, I'm, is there a big finish? There's the meme about big finish will take any inch and give it a mile. <laughs> yeah um I, I don't know to be honest yeah i don't know there definitely is with river but elon sean um yeah <laughs> it's not sean it's lee no i know but elon sean <laughs> i don't know what do you mean dragon the dragon the 14th doctor's ever like remember remember lee <laughs> probably not no that's a pretty insensitive thing to do isn't it to be fair <laughs> yeah. um, and the, the 14th doctor seems <laughs> a bit more advanced than that um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, the do- uh, doctor and Donna's chat about like being all right is code for absolutely not being all right. Like mm. that little scene, just I love these two. I like just cements why I love Donna so much as a companion. The dynamic is like up until this point, at least, is so unique. And yeah, the doctor, he really like I know he doesn't, and Ten has these walls, but like he lets his guard down the most around Donna. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, which is yeah, just lovely because even with like, like the actual romantic love he had with Rose, there's still a bravado yeah. that has to come with that. He's still the protector in the relationship. Yeah, um, and I think he very much takes that seriously. Whereas in this, it's it's just two equals that have both been through the fucking ringer, and they just look at each other and go, "That sucked. That sucked. Mm. That big time was not good." Yeah. Um, and then the episode kind of wraps up. So he puts the the uh, Rivers notebook, Rivers diary, on the uh, the loose bookshelf with all the other loose books. Mm. And like, um, you know, just uh, there was a the moment where they're they're tempted to to look ahead, have a little peek, <laughs> see what adventures are to come. But then they ultimately decide against it. Um, and he like sets the screwdriver down and walks away. But then he has a think, and he's like. I'm cleverer than this. What's going on? What have I done? I've done something here. I've done a clever thing. Yeah. And I can figure out what this clever thing is. Um, and he saved her with Doctor Who magic. This 30 seconds is one of my favorite yes. parts of Doctor Who ever. 
It's one of my oh, favorites. Really? I firstly, I just, I firstly, I just think the shot is really creative and well done. Mm. Like the the slow. What where they're walking away and the camera is on the book. Yeah, and and like and and I watched out for it this time as well. And you can see the camera operator be like, let's get a bit more in line with the book because I think we could see a bit of a bit of David's hair in that. Um, <laughs> let's go down a little bit. But then it's just the there's something about it um, where I just like it's it takes what I love about Doctor Who, which always there's always an element of like. I think Shinji Gatwa said this in an interview recently. There's an element of hope that mm. should always be present for that character, and it's yeah, it's a it's been a devastating episode. It's been a real rough time, um, and these two are not okay. And the Doctor walks away, and he's it, it's part and part. It's bittersweet, I think, because it's there's there's a tragic nature to him knowing that he is better than that. And like yeah. when he runs back and he's like, "Why would I give him my screwdriver? Why would I do this? I'm." I can do fucking anything. Why yeah. did I not do this? Like, what, what, what am I missing? Um, and I, ju- yeah, I just think there's a nature of like paired with how this episode has gone and the ego boost he's gotten from hearing about versions of his future self. He, yeah. he just won't move past it, and that's a good thing in this instance. But it very much so becomes a bad thing in future instances when he can't leave well yeah. enough alone. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and I, I really love just the shots of him running through the library again, just <laughs> sprinting towards through all that the hard sets. drive, <laughs> through all the through all the sets and the reused rooms and everything like that, <laughs> going down the CGI elevator shaft and everything like that. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. And then the the little smile he gives Cal, um, I burst into tears. I won't lie to you, <laughs> I genuinely did manage just something about this. This is the Doctor Who magic for me. <laughs> Like this is yeah. this is that moment where he just like he won he got something mm, yeah and he just turns this it, is Doctor Who magic yeah this is Doctor it, Who it magic. is and I think there's like yeah. that element to it mm. of um of this is what Cal did yeah Cal protected people Cal saved people mm. and he just looks and it, it's almost like it's so fucking stupid because it's a child's face on a fucking ornament. <laughs> yeah, but like it, there's something about it. You again, you show this clip to anyone out of context, they go, "What the fuck is this loser show?" But yeah, with the context of what it means and like how exhausted but grateful the tenth Doctor seems, it's uh, amazing stuff. See, okay, so I I love all of that. I love everything that happens in the library mm. with um with um you know the the saved her the the smiley cat the running through it the saving river and all that kind of stuff i i love all that it's when we then see what happens which i'm like kind of have a bit of an issue with okay really. yeah yeah so like i don't know and I, and I can't necessarily blame this on the episode itself because it's more as a result of what's come after mm. it just like this because this is a strange line to tell in the fact that this is the end of River Song's story in the first story that we meet her. Yeah. Basically. Um, Insane. And yeah, exactly. Um but but it is the end of, of uh River's story. And with everything we know about River, again, from what has come after her, so not necessarily the fault of this episode, it just doesn't seem right, really. It seems more it, tragic. It doesn't it's not that it's just like like river song would want to not not want to but river song would like ending up in a dream world with 
people she didn't really know all that much and like <laughs> and then she has children like i don't know it it, it it just doesn't seem like river it's 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 a bit like the you know the thing about uh catherine tate and the runaway brides like mm. it's it's just not quite the one you know you know what i mean it's just a little bit off and a little bit different sort of thing i i do see that but then i think this also like by nature of who this character is and the format of how this character is in the show um it is i guess it could this be seen as character development just backwards what do you mean like because this is who she <clears throat> you're right it doesn't match up with the stuff that we've seen kind of in season five and six and so on mm. but like that's this is the most recent version of her that we've seen so could she from season five and six and blah 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 onwards could she conceivably grow into this person are you saying there's a disconnect there well because for I, her that's forward I, right she goes forward we've seen a river which is i don't want to say right up until but pretty much up until she goes to the library okay um um We've even seen it river beyond the library, actually. Oh, okay. Technically, I don't know about that. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, that's that's kind of to come. Um, I don't know. It's difficult. It just it just doesn't seem like it's in line with River, and it doesn't even seem like it's maybe something like River could perhaps enjoy. It's just it it just doesn't seem like it's River's character at all to to suddenly want to have a family or something like that. I, I, I don't know. It's it's never been something that's kind of mm. sort of come up, really. Is it just the best of a... Or maybe I guess they thought that these, like, archaeologist characters would play a, a bigger part in who she ended up being, and... I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any solution to it. I just think yeah. it's a simple case of, like, the fact that the character wasn't fully fleshed out and changed over time and that sort of thing. I, I just think that's the simple, the simple answer to it. And what yeah. we have here just doesn't quite match up with what came later that's all that that's fair and i can, i think there's like mm. there's allowances made i guess because this is a pretty unprecedented thing to for like mm. for like i'm pretty sure this is like this is introduced like you said maybe introduce the concept of like bringing spoilers into part of day-to-day -day vocabulary for people like this is kind of the first instance we've seen of a character that has this dynamic with a lead in a show i think what do you mean? I can't. I can't think of any other time where characters like met a character before they've met them, and they travel in opposite directions in the flow of time, and like it's kind of based on the time traveler's wife, the book and okay the movie. Well, look, that's yeah. fine. You don't agree with me. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I, I do see what you say. It's le it's less of a problem for me because this is from like six maybe seven i think seven onwards i started to my memory of the show becomes a lot more hazy yeah um so i guess maybe I mean, look, in in two years time we'll we'll rediscuss <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to to discuss some of the the river episodes to come because there's some really really great stuff and mm. i i really enjoy what one in particular which which we will get to but it's there's some genuinely beautiful moments between the two characters and it's yeah it's really exciting so yeah we're gonna have to get ourselves a spoiler diary so that on this podcast we can make sure that we're <laughs> keeping in track of what's been and what's happened yeah um exactly i, I uh but 
Sorry, go on. I was like, last, last week I said, I asked you if this is kind of like the first time we've seen Moffat get fairy tale with it. And we like, maybe he's, he's, he's had bits of it here and there up until this point. Mm. Um, but I, I think this, this is the first fairy tale classic Moff story that we've had. And I think it's like the ending of the episode is further proof of that, of, the ending of the episode is very fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. It just I think what did she say? She says, "Sweet dreams, everyone." Yeah, and I tell you what. Um, and then after the um, once he's like is saved River, going back to the TARDIS oh. and doing the click. Love that moment. <sighs> yeah, love seeing him click to open the doors. He never does it again as the tenth Doctor. Um, but <laughs> he, he, do he does lock it, it like a car though. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's great. I love I love that moment where he just clicks the doors open and then we see the the shot of him closing them with with uh, Donna. It's mm. it's really good. I love that. I do as well. And it's and it's, it's I think it's great law to introduce the Doctor Who as well. I love the fact that they can just open the TARDIS with a click of their fingers. Yeah, the tar- people often forget the TARDIS is organic. The tar- the TARDIS yeah. lives. Uh, yeah. And like, there's a level of respect <laughs> there that like, like <laughs> like if you clicked and be like, I'll open. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, like he's only going to push the door anyway, and so I may as well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I do like that. Mm. I also think it's like, it's. This is why I say it's bittersweet. There's him embracing that power. Is it's almost point of no return of embracing a power within him. Yeah, like a, a pride and an ego that I, I think he has a very hard time letting go of. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, what I also love seeing it show up again. Like it's. Uh... It's always exciting whenever you know the first time we see Matt Smith click to open the doors. Like, oh, he did the thing! He did the thing! When he, I can't, so, I can't recall when he did when he does that for the first time. I could tell you right now if you want. Nah, save, save it. Bit of sizzle. <laughs> okay. I'm in with the people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going through this rewatch. I think Jodie Whittaker did it quite a bit as well. I remember her clicking to open the, the doors. Yeah. So, yeah well, good there you are. Stuff. stuff to come. Um, yeah. What a banger. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Just a, a, a banger two-parter, and this one specifically, I think just the nature of it, never stopping, and just constantly moving, and constantly, every scene feels like it means quite a lot of things to a lot of characters, and it's, yeah, just great writing. I tell you what, this is like, this has got me really pumped to revisit Stephen Moffat's era as an adult, and because by nature of us having to sit with these episodes for a week in, just because of how mm. we formatted this podcast, like... I've got a lot more out of Russell and I'm really excited to get a lot more out of Stephen Moffat's run after seeing the stuff he brings. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited for you well to to watch that era again but also to for you to watch it and to to see how it comes about mm. and and certain storylines and and stuff because there's there's some storylines and moments which are genuinely like some of my favorite stuff ever. So I'm I'm excited to so you can discuss those. But I'm also excited to listen to this lovely little theme song. Whoa. Weirdo of the Week! Weirdo! 
Uh, if you want to see a special extended version of that theme song, head on over to our Twitter, where I made a fun little video. Uh, Lawrence, this is everyone's favorite segment of the show, where we get a chance to take a look back at some of the weird and wonderful and grubby little characters who come across our screens each and every week. Lawrence, who is your weirdo that you are celebrating this week? Uh, Donna is my weirdo. Okay, and why are you celebrating stop, Donna stop and her that. ableism? <laughs> So I knew why you said it, and I was like, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, but I was immediately proven wrong. You want to stitch me mm-hmm. up? No, I think Donna, like, look, I understand the nature of the joke. Like, I get it, and I also get later on, it's they even play on it as a gag of Donna's. Like, oh, I, I, I created what well, she thinks she did at least. I created the perfect man. I, I basically made him unable to speak or unable to speak, and like that. Yeah. That's the joke of like. Donna wants a bit of arm candy, is like that's the that's the implied gag. Mm. But I don't know, a few too many targeted shots at this man's lisp. And I also think like there's something, and I, I've heard people speak about this before as well. Like it can be really frustrating for people that do have this, uh, like a stammer or a stutter or whatever you want to call it. Um, like when people jump in and finish them, like finish their sentences yeah. for them rather than let them 100%. acknowledge a full thought and have it you can see why that would be frustrating because mm. like it, it's frustrating for me and i don't even have a stammer when when like, anyone jumps in yeah i just did it to you <laughs> exactly and now i'm furious oh no <laughs> but it, it is like and it, it there's little things like i understand it's all played with a wink and a nod and a smile and it's it's it, it, it as a character he doesn't seem aggrieved by it but like just as a holding people to a higher standard i kind of don't want to see this type of writing come about like yeah. i don't think it's necessarily a particularly funny joke like it's one of those naughty things isn't it, it? is w- yeah. w- watching stuff from the noise you just have to accept that you're gonna come across some problematic and it's it's you know it's not the, like the worst offense that no yeah has been caused but it's just it's just we're beyond this sort of stuff by now yeah. so i think i think yeah. it's yeah, pe- writing is <clears throat> better when you like punch upwards. I got no problem with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, always punch up. Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Just <clears throat> weirdo, Donna. Don't tell people that vowels are easy. Words are easy as well. <laughs> <laughs> Normal words can also be easy. Uh, who's it's your true. weirdo, Nathan? Lawrence, my weirdo is the people who run the library <laughs> for one very simple fact, and that is. The fact that they seem to be enforcing some kind of strict all black dress code. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when because when uh, Mister Lux is like looking around and all, all the the people come back and stuff, everyone is just wearing all black for some reason. It's not mentioned. There's no reason for it. They're wearing like different outfits, but for some reason, yeah. it's all black. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... I don't quite understand what this is, but they all, they look enough. like a conglomerate of bartenders. <laughs> they do, yeah. Or they're about to like they're about to set dress a theatre show or something. <laughs> they'll be stage hands for the night at a local Amdram show. <laughs> yeah, I never considered that. That is a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. I, I also I like that in the in the dream world that the doctors concocted for to save the people that uh, didn't make it through the episode, they're all wearing white as well. That's very, like... 
It's true. Yeah, yeah. they they are. Yeah, in the in the, <laughs> the Backstreet Boys get up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are all wearing white. They also do that thing as well, where they're like, um, "We just got here together, and you're hugging, but we'll also hug each other now as well." <laughs> yeah, we've all been stood here a while, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd never thought about that. That's quite funny. Yeah. So, so there we go. Indeed. Uh, but did we get any emails or tweets, Nathan? Lawrence, would you know? We bloody did. Hell yeah. What's this? Okay. <laughs> uh, every single week, Nathan will go onto Twitter and he will post that we are recording the episode that we are recording. And he's like, hey, let's have your say. Let's hear what you have, what opinions you have, and we're going to read them out. Uh, you can tweet them or you can just reply on an email. Just send us a cold email in. Uh, what is it? Still got legs podcast at gmail.com. That's the one, baby. Yeah, indeed. So now we're going to read them out. We're going to hear what the people have to say. And starting off, we have... Uh, this isn't in reference to the episode itself. It's just a nice little message we got uh, this week from Kate at Star Kate Mall on Twitter. Uh, and they say, in regards to your discussion on how long the podcast should be, I think I'm in the majority when I say the longer the better. Hey. I adore the podcast and could listen to you guys for hours whilst I'm at work. And I have uh that is unbelievably sweet yeah. but also unfathomable to me i can't imagine anyone would enjoy listening to me talk for hours but apparently they do I, so there you I, go. What, what, who, who wrote that in what was the name kate kate i want you to know kate that i was chuffed when i read this tweet um so much so that when my wife came home from work i read it to her and this is again <laughs> just me trying to justify like I, th- I do think people like this show. <laughs> like, we're not just shouting into the ether. And her response yes. was, I am weirded out that people know you. <laughs> and I went, that's fair enough, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, f- a few people then wrote in to, to wish me happy birthday. I'm not going to go through those because that seems overly self-indulgent. <laughs> no, no, every but... single one. If you won't, I will. Uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. no. But, but I will say thank you. It's very much appreciated and very kind. Yes. Uh, of you all um kai armstrong uh, at still got legs pod uh, at kai without a k says this episode is the start of doctor who seemingly forgetting how the fourth doctor dies and i'd like to say it makes quite the impact though there is a convenient cut to show how 11 survived maybe as a parachute in that coat i think kai might be getting two episodes mixed up here. i'll be honest kai I- I don't understand. I don't follow you. We all know that Fourth uh, the, Doctor the, the, died by being absorbed by a paper mache man. No, not the paper mache man. That was the regeneration process. He died because he fell off some scaffolding. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> but also the mache man. <laughs> the mache man helps the regeneration. Lawrence. He's, he's, it, it was very out of field, left field. The Doctor fell off scaffolding and went, oh, yeah, I've survived worse than this. Got up, brushed himself down. And then no. the camera panned right and a paper mache man went, I'm going to get no. you. Stop this now. Um, no, the the fourth doctor died by falling, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and when Kai here says... <laughs> Into a paper mache man. Shut the fuck up about the paper mache man. <laughs> and when Kai... I, I think Kai might be thinking, maybe, maybe they didn't rewatch the episode, but they might possibly be getting a scene where, like, the doctor jumps down the elevator, confused with the, the scene from the end of time, where he jumps out of the spaceship. Maybe, yeah. Possibly. That's, that's possibly all I can think of, possibly. Yeah, that that, that um, does make the most sense. Because that is a big, like a big fall when he's like, brush this one off. 
I mean, it's her, but like he's all right. And then he goes, look at this gun. <laughs> it doesn't kill him. So <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, um, yeah. Kai, right back in. Um, tell yeah. us what. There's tell no. us what you meant. <laughs> you also said eleven. So I don't, I don't know if you. That's a typo. Um, yeah. Or not. I'm. I'll be honest, Kai. Every part of your message has confused me to my core. <laughs> We're confused, Kyle. Please, Jen, like we, we want to understand. <laughs> yes. And maybe it's us. We're not the smartest, as we've proven. It's true. On this. I once so. went out of my way to correct someone and then was still proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You um actually and then got um actually back. It's what I deserve for um actually I will say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, our good friend Jared Coastal wrote in. Um, and, oh, wait, no, this is a birthday message for me. No, no, go on, you, you read it out for a, you no, wanted to I, say it, didn't you? Go on. No, I didn't realise until just... <laughs> I just I oh, no, it's, it's another fun, birthday message. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a fun little play on their uh, usual review. But, um, oh, I, I saw this. Message. I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jade uh, at Caesarean, uh, Caesarean Trans, I think that is, uh, says, genuinely think this is the best part of River Song's story. It pays off so well as a self-contained mystery that it heightens all of her appearances from her. Uh, the sheer tragedy and then triumph just resounds through the show, perhaps even undermining it at times. Oh, which, okay, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of a different take to what you think about it, though, surely. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So you're wrong, Nathan. Oh, that's fine. No, no, I, I do. I, like as a self, that's where mostly I come from in this episode as well. As a mostly like a self-contained river story, this is just a fascinating concept to me. Yeah, yeah. No, it, is. it definitely is. Uh, I I will read this birthday message out just because I think it's funny. Mm, it says yeah. "Happy fiftieth birthday, Nathan." <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. I agree that is funny, but it's also not lost to me that you found a way to read another birthday message. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, Damn the Lamb uh, at Damn the Lamb says that ending river scene made me emotional when I first watched it uh, watched it when it aired uh, and I was eight and it makes me even more emotional now having seen so much more of her in later seasons good shit we are in banger episode territory all the way to the finale and that is true I think it is I think. true yeah I think that is true Did you see the next time try oh yeah I did yeah yeah. <laughs> next week's gonna be fun i am <laughs> buzzing for next week um this is uh from at soupy soup brain and i think we're getting to the point where i just can't even read out the name anymore because on, give it a go this is ridiculous now it's uh mipala dankabinormaringecarabarius acorn holder that is ridiculous <laughs> it's at this point it's just getting to the point where it's just keyboard smash oh, i've just i've gone no. i haven't read the tweet i've just clicked on the profile um yeah that is quite ridiculous what do your <laughs> other followers think about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's a good point. Some classic tenant action in this one. Running while flailing his limbs about, seething through his teeth, the wild eyes, hair seeming to puff out like a scared cat, and of course the wistful <laughs> stare. All the late ten bangers we know and love are on full display. Uh, and they've included some uh, very good screenshots, which which displaying all that. And I, you know, can't argue. They look great. They they do look great. Ten looks. Yeah, well, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful boy. He is a very beautiful boy. I will say the blue suit has grown on me. It's a beautiful blue suit, isn't it's, it? It's looking good. I will say, yeah, and it's looking better than that gross ugly brown one. Um, Miss Evan. Oh, sorry. This is from 
Oh, one of your friends probably, Lawrence. Uh, Kendall Roy's sad pointy ears. <laughs> I've um, seen this account, I think. <laughs> at Tortoise Bill. Miss <laughs> um, <laughs> Evangelista's face in this episode scarred me so much as a kid that I ripped up and burned the photo of it in my copy of the Doctor Who magazine. <laughs> so there we go. I guess it was scary to some people. So that is drama <laughs> levels and uh, akin to a Kendall Roy-esque <laughs> figure as well, I will say. So very yes, good. Yes, and we all know who Kendall Roy is. <laughs> you will do. We? You yes. will do, Nathan. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Our good friend, Greg Cactusface, at G Cactusface, uh, says, and this is over the course of two tweets, Sorry, I'm drunk, so I can't be asked going back to the old post. Uh, many people <laughs> in this world would enjoy a mud bath as a health spa service. The Matrix world Donna and Gang are trapped in can also be seen as a mental health service for their brain. Uh, in both cases, too much of this uh, getaway healing practice can be a bad thing. If the library people stay in the library matrix for too long, they would never be able to continue living their life. The horse from the never-ending story basically was stuck in a mud bath for too long. <laughs> this fucking horse. <laughs> so I think we've um, we've moved away from it. Does seem a departure now. now. It's all now. It's all never-ending story. Greg has he's moved. Up, he's not got himself two curses. He's just changed the curse. Which that's his right. Hey, that's his right. And that is his right. Yeah, that is good for you, Greg. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Greg. Uh, Garen at Garenzilla on Twitter says, uh, incredible that this two-parter is, in my opinion, the weakest of Moffat's work in RTD1. Uh, I'm curious how you both would rank them. My ranking would go Blink, fire, uh, Fireplace Girl, Are You My Mummy slash The Doctor Fucks, um, and then this two-part banger. Um, that's obviously in descending order there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what what would your ranking of the moth stories we've got to go so far? Um, it would probably be this first. <laughs> okay. Then it would be uh, the Doctor fucks. Yeah. Then blink. Then fireplace. Okay. So I, I'm gonna go. I'm also gonna go this first. I'm gonna go the the Doctor. Uh, I my mommy slash the Doctor fucks. Yep. Um, same as you so far, but then I'm going to go Fireplace Girl, and then I'm going to go Blink. Two respectable rankings. Firstly. So, so there we go. Catch us yeah. on Letterbox. <laughs> you won't catch me on Letterbox. I'm not on there. Um, thank you, Garen. Um, and that's all the tweets. Now let me pull up the email accounts. Pull up the. I will say, I, I <laughs> this confused me very much earlier uh, over the weekend, but we got an email. From like a a Norton uh, thing, which was like, uh, thank you for your invoice. Like, thank you for paying eight hundred dollars for your Norton three sixty standard thing. Is here's, here's your invoice to at Silver Legs. I was like, oh, this is a, a scam thing. Surely this is like a yeah. a phishing thing. But then I'm looking at, it, I'm like, no, this is actually seems genuine. So I think someone's just signed up to Norton but just used our email for some reason. What the fuck. So. <laughs> I don't know why or what's going on there, but yeah, that seems to be a weird thing that's happened. Well, there we are then. Um, um, so enjoy. I mean, Norton. you're welcome yeah. to do that. I guess. Like, well, I'm not paying for it, so. But, I might yeah, sign us up to a load of like Christian dating websites just for fun. That, why would you do that? Just for a laugh. E harmony, <laughs> Nathan. 
Okay, great. Uh, Taylor James has emailed in, um, presumably on his run from the BBC. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, This email is titled, Fuck Miss Evangelista, or however it's spelled. I'm always here um, for the aggression of this man's emails. <laughs> same. Uh, evening, gents. Uh, Nathan does listen slash read books like a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> uh, but aside from that, I am absolutely here for the elongated muskrat and Miss Evangelista slander. Uh, on a lighter note, I'm a big fan of this two-parter and was some of the bangers I was referring to previous. The villain concept and also reversing idea are both brilliant. Shadows are scary and meeting someone through time while you're going towards and they're going backwards is a great time traveler idea. I also had one of those fake TV license letters rock up the other day. Coincidence? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep up with the longer episodes. Helps me get through the bleak Mondays having you in my ears. Uh, I think we're now, what, three for free in terms of people saying they like longer episodes? I think we are. I mean, it, we haven't heard a single bad thing about them apart from us when we, we finish haven't. recording and we go, fuck it, we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> we're literally the only ones who think people want shorter episodes well the only ones we've heard from i think anyway. we've lost the ability so. to do shorter ones i don't think we could have done this shorter no i i still sometimes i i look at our feed and see that first episode and it's like 29 minutes or whatever i'm like how, how did we do how it is that even possible <laughs> i don't understand we were so strict on ourselves as well we said like <sighs> max 45 tops yeah. That's all the time that people will dedicate to a Doctor Who podcast. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, uh, Taylor. I hope being uh, on the run from the BBC is going well for you. Um, I just still love the, will... the, the brazen approach to this. It's just like, coincidence? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> uh, this one is from Tom Monty. This is the last email, um, but it's a bit of a longer one. Um, but, it, but it's the last email, so we'll go through sure. it. Sure. Um, dear Nathan and his companion Lawrence uh, I thoroughly enjoyed last week's episode particularly the part at the end where you read my email it was strange to hear the voices I've listened to for weeks finally engage with something I'd written particularly because you're only my Doctor Who podcast out there I feel like I'm famous now So uh, t- I wish we could say you were famous Tom but in terms of the the number of people who listen to this it's it's really not as big as you think so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're all we're all big fish in a small pond. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, you're you're famous amongst the still got legs community. Yes, so so there you go. Uh, you said I should suggest my favorite episodes to you for uh, to make that six hour episode on. However, you've already covered my favorite story of all time: human nature slash the family of blood. A good damn. Pick. We could have done the um, six hours on that. We probably could have. You know, we've both episodes put together. Probably wouldn't be far that's, off. That's maybe. true, actually, yeah. Uh, so I will have to default to my second favourite, The Waters of Mars. Ooh. I feel like you'd have a lot to sink your teeth into on that one. You are right, Tom. That will you, almost there's certainly definitely be a one, yeah. going to be a lot to discuss. Um, I have some some thoughts on it, which I won't say now, but a lot to discuss. Okay, oh, a bit sizzle for me. Yeah. Uh, since i've only just caught up four series in i have a few retrospective comments on some of the previous episodes you've covered uh i'm not no i read them all out lawrence uh i'm not colorblind like lawrence are you colorblind i'm I'm partially colorblind yeah i struggle i struggle with purples and navies and darker colors 
have we said I guess we've said that then. Yeah. Um but I can see where he's come Ah, oh, okay, this makes sense. Uh, but I can see where he's coming from when he said that Ratigan's minions jumpsuits are orange. I'd call it more of a very dark orange slash light red. Vindication. I'd still call it. I'd still call it red myself. This, if that's what I said, I can't actually. Remember. <laughs> Whatever Nathan said was the correct thing. <laughs> yeah. um, Whichever one I said is the right one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, I agree with you, Nathan, that your companion was insane to suggest that the Ood's transformation wasn't effective. I think it's one of the best Doctor Who transformation scenes. Uh, it made eight-year-old me, at the time of the broadcast, feel upset in his belly. See, Lawrence, we, we just get further proof <laughs> as we go on that you are fucking insane for, <laughs> for thinking that. I can't believe I once thought this was a very, very cold take. I just thought this was common... <clears throat> opinion no no not at all um also you both seem adamant that love and monsters is the worst episode of all time how can you say this when more recent episodes like legend of the sea devils or orphan 55 exist i was baffled when i heard this especially as someone who unironically considers it one of the best episodes of series two look all power to you tom right (laughs) (laughs) i will defend your right to love love and monsters all day long mm. okay i can't do it myself it's also gem- general rule right we, we typically mm. are only talking about where we're up to like yeah that's true that's true yeah so and, and also they're too recent for me to say i've watched those episodes once. i think i think we might have said it is actually the worst episode of all the doctor who though during oh, it. Oh, oh yeah maybe we did yeah yeah um and, and i don't know if, it, if that is strictly true it might have been a little bit I'm, colourful. I'm confident. Coming from us. <laughs> I'm fairly confident. <laughs> I, I think it has... It, it's one of them episodes where there are there are nuggets of things that I like. I, I yeah. like a bit of Jackie. I like a bit of Rose and Jackie in that. I like some degree of the, the, the team, Linda, the team. Yeah. And then there's just the big old slab in the room, isn't there? The big elephant that no one wants to talk about, which just is... Is ghastly. <laughs> I can't talk about it. I will say that Orphan Fifty Five is pretty rough. Is that is it, that it, I'm from the Inbetweeners? Yeah, yeah, that's that okay. one. Yeah, 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 that's pretty bad. Yeah, that one is pretty rough. Um, but but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, and Nathan, you, you shit on Ten's brown suit and coat way too much. It's so iconic and brown, and the long brown really complements the brown. It's <laughs> a lot of brown. <laughs> I can't tell if that's actually disguised as a as like I can't I can't tell if they're they're getting at me there. And that's I don't think so. The brown complements the brown. That feels like a dig. Feels like a dig of one of my genuine sentiments. <laughs> I think you've been way too sensitive. <laughs> I, I, I get sensitive when it comes to the brown suit, all right? <laughs> I will say, I don't actually, like, not like the brown suit. Like, I think it's fine. I just don't like it as much as the blue suit. Like, <laughs> I think the blue suit looks better, okay? I'm be- I'm mostly being colourful for comedic effect when I shit on the brown suit and say it looks horrible, okay? I, I-, I do think it looks a little bit ugly, but, like, <laughs> it's... You just can't be that beautiful blue suit, man. Do you know what I'm like? I, I'm, I'm, before we get off, I mean, I know this is a suit talk that we're going to have in in years to come, but mm. I I'm so excited, and this is not actually anything that's happened, so I can freely discuss it as per our rules. I am so excited to see another brown coat enter the show 
paired with an ex- incredibly lovely orange jumper underneath it. The that shoot the first oh, shooty look yeah. they debuted is fucking yeah. incredible. I think that might be a one time look. I will cry if it is because that is. I think it is because like from his like sort of standard look is the one with like the the sort of like leather coat which he mm. he has on in like the the promo posters and stuff. I like that look too. It's a good look, but, yeah. but the, that that like tweed brown kind of like I don't know like waist length coat. With mm. that orange jumper, just is is impeccable stuff. Anyway, we're getting ahead of the game, but yeah, good stuff. <laughs> we are, yeah. Uh, thoughts on Forest of the Dead? Great episode. Moffat is way better when he writes contained stories rather than show running, in my opinion. Uh, and Murray Gold's music is a highlight for me. Mm. The bit at the end where the Doctor goes flying down the blue tube thing to save River uh, with the Doctor's theme from Series 4 swimming makes me feel things all over my body. Hard to agree with that bit. Yeah. Um, and the, and also, I like David the... Tennant is definitely not standing on something stationary. Yeah, definitely not, no. <laughs> um, also, I like the bit where Elon Musk uh, slash Timothy from the Family of Bloods' wife uh, veil is lifted to reveal her monstrosity of a face. Similar to last week's egg face Donna on a stick, that gave eight-year-old me, at the time of broadcast, nightmares for weeks. And in retrospect, I think the visuals here actually hold up pretty well. Sorry about our earlier comments. <laughs> Especially in light of 2023's Wild Blue Yonder, which used a, a similar effect that looked pretty wank, IMO. I'm going to disagree with you there. Too. I, yeah, I think, I, I think, I think Wild Blue Yonder yeah. did it better. I do too. Yeah, I think it, it looks great. Um, that was, that was hey, a very formal was... email to include the word wank in it. <laughs> uh, well, they did say I've been shitting on brown suits. Uh, that's so. true, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, apologies for such a beefy email, but I feel like it will add to the runtime, which can only be a positive. Seriously, I can see no negatives in making these episodes longer, despite maybe eating into your own personal time. It just means the podcast lasts longer throughout the week. I can't see why anyone in their right mind would be put off by this, especially considering you're the only Doctor Who podcast out there. It's actually a very good yes, point. We hadn't considered that, yeah. We are the only Doctor Who podcast in the world, mm. so it makes sense. That, they tried. They that tried we... launching an official one, but we shut them down. <laughs> yeah, and then Russell called us and like, please do be the official Doctor Who podcast. And we said like, no. <laughs> we said no. We're our own thing. All right, we're never going to sell out to the man. Anyway, make sure you stay around for the ads at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes, please, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in awe at the phrase "beefy email." <laughs> yeah, that got yeah. me. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Uh, love from Tom Monty. P.S. Uh, Nathan, I hope you had a wonderful birthday full of cake and joy and alcohol and surprises. And also Merry Christmas to you both. And I hope you have a wonderful day full of cake and joy and alcohol and surprises. Thank you very much, Tom. It's very sweet. And I hope you and I hope everyone else has a very Merry Christmas uh, or Happy Holidays or whatever you celebrate. And I hope it's a beautiful time. I do too. I won't be having any cake. I'm on a health kick currently. Um, oh, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> your fucking health kick, man. God. <laughs> uh, Nathan, um, those were lovely emails. Uh, Thank you very I, much. I will say. Uh, and also, the other thing that I will say... Uh, is uh, just a general thank you to everyone that is listening. Uh, this episode does come out on Christmas Day, uh, so I may be too late in catching you and saying this, but genuinely hope you have had a fantastic Christmas. And I also just wanted to take a minute 
uh, to acknowledge that this is al- it's almost now been a year since we started this podcast. Um, almost as yeah, it's coming up. We started it in January. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't. So I don't yeah, think we have our, a. Um, this is the. We haven't missed a week. No, we haven't missed this. We haven't missed a single week. And um, this is our fifty-first episode. There uh, and next week is fifty-two, and there's fifty-two weeks in a year. So Hell yeah. No, but wait, but we we launched three at once though, didn't we? Ah, we did. Yeah, that's tr- no. We launched yeah. two. We were going to launch three, and then we couldn't record an extra. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. We launched two at once. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, but yeah, no. Genuinely, I think this is the last chance we'll get to say it this year. I think. Next one comes out on New Year's Day. Okay, so. well, they may not get to it, but like, I've started now. I'm not going to stop. Um, well, this is officially the last one of 2023. Yeah, so. but no, just a genuine, like, we, we joke a lot, and it, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's a silly show, and we try and keep stuff lighthearted, but, like, a genuine and sincere thank you to everyone that has listened, because this has been, like, this was a project that we genuinely just started because we really love to do this. Um, we we January was talking about it for well over a year yeah. before before we started it because I mean we've been talking about Doctor Who for like fucking eight years now. yeah exactly so, so we may as well try and make some money from it yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't say that Lawrence we've never once intended to sell out it was always just for the love of talking about Doctor that's Who. true and listen for those ads at the end um, listen for those ads but no genuinely like this is it's been a really fun time I've loved going through it this year like I've loved just like taking my time rewatching episodes of these shows mm-hmm. that I love, and I also love that we've like, and I think people experience this as well. I feel like we we're growing a tiny little community. Um, there's well, yeah, I I love the Stoggart Lakes community. Mm-hmm. It it I don't know what it is, but there's something about it just feels very special. Every week when I post my little, uh, you know the 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 notification on Twitter to say that it's out. Um, and then the the tweeter say the uh, got any thoughts? There's always like the same group of people showing up to like the tweet and to, yeah. to give in some comments and their thoughts and stuff. And it's 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 really nice to see that people are enjoying this and they're they're getting involved and stuff. Mm. And and I, I, I genuinely does make my week every time we get that uh, interaction and feedback from you guys. So genuinely, thank you for sticking with us through this year, trying it out, and hopefully. You'll still be around next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. And congrats on being uh, the best of this fandom as well. Like this, this fandom, this <laughs> fandom famously sucks um, yes. to a large degree, or at least there's a very loud minority that that there's pockets of it which can yeah. be difficult to listen to. Yeah. So, <laughs> so times. we hope that, like, we, I feel like we've we've <clears> largely fostered good, inclusive people that want to see this show do well and be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, everyone seems to be very nice, and you know. We haven't had like any any incidents or anything like that. So yeah, everyone's been great, and they're all lovely people, indeed. So yeah, genuinely, thank you very much. Uh, it's been such a pleasure, and we will carry on. Uh, anyway, enough cringe uh, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> L cringe, L cringe ratio, um, Riz. <laughs> other words. Um, thank you very very much for listening. Uh, you can leave us a little review, Nathan. I think we've got a review. That we we could read out. We do. I actually have one here. Uh, this is fr- oh, who's this from? Sorry, this is from uh, Sazzles, uh, and the <laughs> title of the review is John Leguizamo. Uh, and the review <laughs> says, "If I'm honest, I didn't know who John Leguizamo was before this podcast, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if I know who he is yet, since they are somewhat stray from the topic, John Leguizamo. But I'm enjoying the ride." The joke there is that this was a review from Mission Zack's Legos Armorama. It's my favourite joke. I love it. Are you it. ever going to run out of podcasts? 
I've, I've genuinely been in danger of doing that this week. <laughs> I was I was looking through my podcast feed. I'm like, oh, so because a lot of my podcasts are like spin-offs of like the main podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, how to go on has like primates and book chi and that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if these are big enough to like do that sort of stuff. Yeah, we can he's in, he's in good faith. It's all a jest. Um, uh, anyway, um, another review. We just want to pick out a random here, yeah. um, and I have a screenshot of it now. Uh, this one is from <laughs> Jeff Lemon, uh, who says, "Still got it. A wonderful podcast about a sixty-year-old show that goes off on various bizarre tangents at the drop of a fez. A must-listen for me every week, especially as this review is read out every week. Never stop, and we never will." So, Fantastic. There Thank we go. Is much. it fucking one in the morning? How did that happen? Oh shit, me man. Yeah, fuck. Did that happen? We've been burning the midnight oil. <laughs> we really have. Oh my god. Anyway, uh give us a little follow. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at I thought you were gonna say give us money then. Give, give us your coins. <laughs> Um, when you say that, I genuinely thought you were going to say, give us money. See, see, they're saying we don't do this for money, but that's what's going on in your subconscious. Mm. You wanted me to say it. Um, give us a little follow on Twitter. You can find us there at Still Got Legs Pod uh, for any updates, um, as well as um, your thoughts on what we're discussing every week. Nathan, as I mentioned, will always put a little tweet out so you can have your say, or you can send us just a cold email over at um, stillgotlegspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, which is great. Also on Twitter is where you'll see uh, that we post a little, you know, a little graphic to let you know that there's a new episode coming out. Um, little, 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 little. That's for Nathan. No, I, I, I was very clearly signaling that I wanted to say something, <laughs> and you just. I'm reading. Straight. I'm not looking at you. I know, but what? <laughs> you looked at me. You looked at me in the sense that you're looking at me now. <laughs> You very clearly saw me. Right, go on. What, what is it? What do you want to say? Um, yes, I do put out a thing on Twitter f- to get everyone's thoughts in for the next episode. The next week is a big one, and you don't have to wait for me to put out that uh, tweet. You can get in touch anytime. Just tweet at us at StillGotLegsPod or email us at StillGotLegsPodcast at gmail.com. Big episode next week. Um, lots to discuss, mm. so get in your thoughts. Um, yeah, take a leaf out of Kai's book, who has sent us a... A message that is either about a season to come or a season that came <laughs> over like 30 years ago. <laughs> Let us know, Kai. <laughs> We're not sure. Um, I'm very interested to find out. I am too. Um, yeah, it's where we post uh, on Twitter is where we post a little graphic that will um, just basically tell you that there's a new episode and that happens every We already did Twitter. We do it. No, I'm talking about Nathan. Let me get there. We're talking about this is where they can. You fuck me up. <laughs> We've plugged to Twitter. Move on. No, because I didn't say Monday at 10 a.m. There you go. Monday at 10 a.m. You don't need to. They know this. You don't need oh, to. Oh, and if I left anything else out. Mm. Anyway, Nathan, <laughs> we have another podcast, don't we? We do. It's called Another Happy Pod. It comes out every Friday where we uh, get together and discuss something in the realm of pop culture. It could be movie, TV, show, or literally everything that happened in 2023, uh, which we may or may not have recorded whilst drunk. Um, and you can listen to that. Uh, New Year's sometime soon. Sometime uh, up. If, yeah, you're hearing this on the Monday, then it will be the following Friday that you hear this. Yes, there you go. Get excited for that. That was recorded last night oh, on my birthday. And if you're a fan of long podcasts, which it seems four for four, four, four for <laughs> yes. four uh, yes. are, then strap in. And if you've ever wondered what yeah. we think of the movie industry as a whole is, whilst drunk, you're in for a treat. 
is fucking four hours long. It's too long. Like, it's too long. It was it was four hours long, and by the end of it, it's just a shouting about the state of, like, movie studios and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I genuinely would argue that from two hours in, like, yeah. after the two-hour mark, the remaining two hours are just beyond unhinged. Like... It was a good conversation. I enjoyed it. It was a good conversation. And I also think we actually broke ground on stances <laughs> we haven't been able to talk about for, like, yeah. a year. Um, but, yeah, if you are fans of longer episodes, and particularly us arguing as well, yes, then oh, it's a big one for that. The, there's a lot of arguments all throughout the episode. I, I so. remember whilst recording it, we I remember looking at the, the recording um, waveform and seeing it past two hours and going, probably wrap this up in half hour or so. And then we and then yeah. we went and doubled that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, to be fair, there was a few bathroom breaks along the way and stuff. So. Yeah, well, I'll cut them, and it will equate <laughs> to less than ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's everything. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for an incredible year, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. I love you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.